This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. It is happy hour Friday. We are live here at the ShopRite LPGA Classic right outside the first tee. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Mike Gill. Josh Hennings producing today's show. And on a happy hour Friday, we usually do Pete Thompson at 5, but we're going to just do him the whole kit and caboodle today. This PT, it's a happy hour Friday at the LPGA. It's a great way to start everybody's weekend here in Galloway outside of the uh, McGettigan's 19th hole, which is a, a staple of today's uh, tournament. First tee for us, 19th hole right there for you. We look forward to seeing everybody they and talking to you today. put a sign up for it. Your name apparently is Standard Bearer. Just look for the sign that says Standard Bearer, and the arrow is pointing to our 97.3 ESPN truck. You can't miss us. Well, PT, we're looking forward to the show as we always do. We've got uh, beautiful weather. It's going to be a great weekend. The LPGA is back to its normal time. Last year was in October, so I said to Jeremy, who uh, you know was part of the uh, ShopRite LPGA Classic team right. here, I said, I feel like I just saw you. Uh, <laughs> it was October that we were here and did the show and now we're back to the uh, first week of June here where everybody is back to its normalcy. But the crowds are great, man. I mean, we were walking through. The place is packed. You've got great weather. And uh, every year they make this thing bigger and bigger and bigger. You've got the village uh, that has – there's a little mini village. golf course down yeah. there. And I have to give a little uh, little shout to my guy here, uh, Sam. All right? So I'm walking through here. Okay. And I see Sam from uh, Sam from Good Wipes. <laughs> I see these good wipes. <laughs> good wipes. Right? Okay. And I said, hey, man, are those for sale? And he said, nah, nah, nah. But he gave me a couple samples, right? Okay, smart you know, guy. A little sample thing. Right. And uh, we get to talking, and he says, <laughs> you know, this guy on the radio yesterday, you sound a lot like him. I said, yeah, well, I'm doing the I show right the over there. <laughs> so then we're having this awkward conversation about wiping your ass. <laughs> Right? Like, oh, well, what do you use? I said, well, I'm a Cottonelle guy. Right. And he says, well, did you, have you tried this? Do you like the Cottonelle? I'm the fake Preparation H guy, if you must know. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, man, because Preparation H is too expensive, but it's got a little zing. It's got the, uh, you know, the medicated. Uh, That's right. To it, so. so he was asking, like, do I like the size, the circumference? This is it is, too thin? Wow, this is a really detailed And I stopped him in his tracks. I said, Sam, this is a really odd conversation. <laughs> like, you're asking me how my wife going i'm asking you how your right, wife's going right. here so <laughs> could i get the specs on the white please <laughs> well he wanted to know like the circumference oh and like gosh, does it like break funny. up so i said you know i've tried other ones like the off brands they're mm. not very good and i said you know that that dude wipes yeah was on shark tank so okay. i've tried the dude wipes before not a big fan of them right you know so i said so i'm kind of a Continental guy i'm sticking with the Continental. so Finally, and that just fired him up. Well, we've been having this conversation right. back and forth for like five minutes, and then finally, you know, he's he kind of put two and two together. But he's not from the area. He okay. just happened. He's from Atlanta. All right. And he just happened to be here listening to our station Good. as he was driving right, around. Yeah. And he he kind of picked up my voice, and then uh, I said, "Well, that's very cool." I said, "Well, well, you know, whatever." So he gives me his. E we exchanged emails, whatever. He was, and then the woman who was working with him was very nice and she handed me and she said here you go you can have the, the right she they're gave called like a, a, a case of them right? yeah well not a case but a um 
You know, just a pack. Yeah, a pack. Instead of the individual. That'll last me about uh, three weeks. Is that right? (laughs) Something or another. Uh, They're called good wipes. Oh, good wipes. So he's Sam's the good wipes guy. Did you get any? You want to go through life as the good wipes guy? No, but I got you a towel. You did get me a towel. I've already used it to wipe my face yeah. once or twice. I was yes. thinking of you. You wouldn't have brought me I back anything. That. but Of course you know, I would have brought you That was from something. our friend Mel. You know Mel, her husband Vince. Oh, yes. Uh, who's my accountant. Uh, Mel's over there with Rothman. And fact, yeah, she you... was there, and she heard the conversation about the wiping of the rear end here <laughs> and wanted to hear more. Right? She wanted to hear more. And I said, uh, uh, hey, Mel, do you have, can I get one of those towels for my right, buddy? Because right, he's going to be a little a hot. He's going to sit right yeah. next to you. So how was the Coldplay show, man? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it was uh, a wonderful Coldplay show. We had, we had a nice time. As you know, you were on the invite list to go to that show. Um, I I think I was like 12. Well, but... no, no. There were 13 people. Number 13 said yes. But what I will so tell I you 12? is. No, you were not 12. You were higher than 12. You were like nine. Um, Fine. The point is, is that the first guy who couldn't go had texted me and said he couldn't go, but he texted the wrong number. All right. So then I texted him the night before the show, Tuesday night. And I said, okay, looking forward to the show tomorrow. Uh, I'll meet you at the Farley. We'll leave a car there. And he writes back, oh, bleep, PT. I totally forgot. I can't go to the show. Uh, I'm so sorry. I have to coach my son's baseball game. He's on the All-Stars, right? And you had a tie to the All-Stars, too, didn't you? Yeah, my son, uh, my son, my sister's son is on that team. Okay, so it's it's a legit conflict, but but didn't find out about it. And so, so then I have less than 24 hours to find a replacement to the Coldplay show. Now, you think that would be easy, but... You know, there's things you have to factor in, right? Um, the I, concert's too late on a weeknight. Nine o'clock on a weeknight. Come and, on, Chris. And, and, Chris, Chris uh, Martin, Martin yeah. get out there, dude. And, and not for nothing. Like, I did ask. Use your good wipes and get off the pot I, and get out there. I asked one girl if she could go, but the girl that I asked was Michelle Dawn Mooney. You met Dean today? I just met her husband. That's correct. I invited him as well if she couldn't go. I was just trying to cover my bases and ask as many people. I, I invited your cousin, John to go he just texted me okay so you wanna, all you kinds the text? of people were invited to this show he says oh man the dude wipes are fantastic give me a break they're a superior product mike so i can't get behind that comment first of all i can't vouch for the good wipes i've never used them yet right but i can say i'm a cottonelle over dude wipes yeah and i'm a the generic preparation h guy over the cottonelle. they're just but too small the the well you can Fold them out, you know. I mean, yeah, now you're using too many. Uh, well, the, but that's why you get the Equate version and don't go for the brand. I name. told that guy. That's what I said to the guy. Yeah. The Equate, the Equate is version. their off-brand. Yeah, and he that, laughed. Yeah, well, like they're a competitor. That's true. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the Chris Martin show. So, so yes, Coldplay, so, which so, apparently he spelled Eagles wrong. Yeah, he went E A A. Yeah. L E S, and, and the then he tried was, to clean it up and do and it then, again. No, then he started laughing and he did it again. Yeah. I mean, he, he knew what he he knew he screwed up, but. So I, I'm going through my list, right? I'm down to about as you low as wipe. I can get, right? <laughs> and uh, I have a couple names left. And one of the names was Mike Carlin, who works with Billy on the weekends. So who else said no? Uh, let's see here. Um, my buddy Scott Busher said no. He was the original invite. Then my friend Jeff said no. Then Michelle Dawn Mooney said no. Then Dean Bolt said no. John Ryan said no. Mike Gill said no. So I was no. behind all those These people? are not – no, I'm just remembering them off the list. Like my not, cousin, you haven't – Seen since the last time you ditched him at a concert. That's true. But <laughs> he was on the invite list. Suffice to say, I get to Mike Carlin. So I call Mike Carlin 
and he answers. Now, Mike Carlin is the guest, is the uh, host with Billy. of the locker room. Yeah, yes. he works with Billy on Saturdays, sometimes with us on Sundays. He's also a PW grad. Mike Carlin and I went to high school together. And uh, it, this is morning of the concert now. You know, now we've gone past the night before. Now we're the morning of the concert. And I, he, I said, what are you doing later tonight? And he goes, I, I don't know why, you know. I said, well, I have an extra ticket to the Coldplay concert. It's in the club level, so they're good seats. You know, if it's not, if it, the weather d- doesn't cooperate, we can go inside. And I said, and I'll drive. You know, I said, so I'll drive, and we could meet at the Farley. You could leave a car at the Farley. And there's this really long pause, like a little longer, like almost uncomfortable pause. And then he says, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. That'd be great, PT. I, I'm looking forward to that. I all said, right. all right, so I'll meet you at the Farley. So the locker room is going to the Coldplay show. To the point that my girlfriend says, who did she get to go? And I said, Mike Carlin, right? Right. But there was something bothering me, Mike Gill. His voice sounded a little different. Right. I because noticed COVID. I noticed that I didn't have a picture of him in my phone, and you know the PT likes to assign pictures and Do you titles. have a picture of Mike Carlin? I do. Okay. So when I hung up with this person that I thought was Mike Carlin, it it just had an image and an icon. It didn't have like a picture. And then the next name down, it said Mike Carlin, different number, and it had his picture, and it oh, said geez. 97.3. So I literally hung up the phone going, who the hell did I just invite to a concert? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't, I'm really embarrassed. I don't know. How, how do you I, how do you tell somebody, hey, you know, I just invited you to a concert, but I don't know who the hell you are? <laughs> so, so I could see this guy having oh a my TV40 business card from 2007. Uh, Pete Thompson, sports just guy. Watch. So I, text, I texted him. This is how I was going to cover my bases. And I said, hey, so I have your number correct in my phone. Could you give me the first and last name, your spell, the correct spelling? I want to put it in my phone. And he writes back, hand to God, Mike Carland, C-A-R-L-A-N-D. <laughs> huh. That is not Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N. So then I have to scramble and I go to Facebook because I got to look up and see, God, I hope this guy's on Facebook so I know who he is. Oh my and I go to Facebook and I see his picture and then it all clicks back in in like a hazy, foggy memory of being at a bar in Summers Point. He came in across the bar and was like talking to me. We were having a conversation across the bar. As he went to leave, I, he must have said, give me your number, I'll text you or something. <laughs> so I texted him. That's how we connected. That's the only time we ever met. So you text a guy who you've met at the bar once. Once. Called him on the phone. You didn't even text him. No, you no. actually called the yes, man. Yes, and he answered. And said, hey, would you like you to, want to go, go to the concert, concert with me? With yes. me? yes. <laughs> and then only after he hung up did I realize I'm not sure I know who this person is. <laughs> oh, there was another clue. I had said to him, what kind of car do you drive? So when we meet at the Farley, I'll know it's you. And right. he said, Black Hyundai. Now, I had just been to Mike Carlin's barbecue where he drives a white truck. So that was like the first clue. Like, wait a second, PT, something's wrong here. Okay? But we had a lovely time. Wait, so you went through and went to the concert with a total stranger? Absolutely, absolutely. You went to the concert with a guy that you met at a random bar. Well, I mean. Like we, you were trying to hit on him like he was a woman. No, he was across the bar. It's, that's not hitting on him. You're no, just I'm saying like, you would, like you would have met a girl at the bar and then called her and say, hey, I met you at the bar the other <laughs> night. You think you want to go to the Coldplay show? Like, 
That's who you invite to the Copeland, not some random guy that you met at the bar. I told you, I have a girlfriend, as you know, so the number of women I'm that I not can invite suggesting was that very you ask limited. another woman to go to right. the thing. I'm just saying, you propositioned this man as if, like, you were trying to. He probably was thinking, <laughs> dude, I met this guy once. That's, well, that would explain the long pause now, wouldn't it? You know? <laughs> so when I get him in a car. Actually, how long was the pause are we talking here? You know, are we talking. Like, about uh, that long. How was that? Did that tell you? About that long. When you right, say, like, hey, you want to go to the concert with me, right, Mike? Right. Yeah, it was, It was. Uh, you know, I mean, and the guy's name is Mike. I mean, what are the odds? It wasn't like I had Tom or Dick or Joe or Harry. Yeah, he or could whatever, have been like you know. Joe Carlin. Right. No, that would have helped you. Right. No, it was Mike Carlin uh, with a D. So but you met the guy at. I meet him, he jumps in the car. Now, of course, I'm acting like this is completely normal. But me being me, I have to, like, give it up, right? So we're not in the car very long until I tell him, like, you know, I actually thought you were somebody else. <laughs> he says, now, what do you do if you're the guy? Like, how do you react to that? Hey, I just got asked to go on a date with another man. No, it wasn't a date. It was a man date. Not that there's anything wrong with right. that. but just a get-together. You asked the guy to go I on this. I needed a wingman. Right. You asked this guy to go to this concert event with you. <laughs> you don't even know him. He <laughs> barely knows you. Yeah, it was. Uh, you guys get out at the Farley Plaza. What's that exchange like? I Is never, there like I a handshake? The I never got out of the car. Car. I saw the black Hyundai. I pulled in. He jumped out. Looked exactly like the guy that I saw on Facebook. You remembered him when you saw him. As soon as I saw his Facebook picture, I remembered that we were we had been drinking buddies for one infamous night. Okay? Right. So he jumps in the car. We start rapping. We start talking. Yeah. All right. And that's where I sort of fessed up and said, "Hey, I gotta gotta tell you." Now, what was his reaction to him? To, what was his reaction to you <laughs> telling him, "Hey, man, I didn't actually mean to invite well, you." I didn't, I didn't put it. I tried to invite a guy whose spelling is just like yours. I just but without said, the D. I just told him that I it was a little mistaken identity and that this would be funny, you know, and, and that what I said to him was. Um, but, I, you know, I'm glad that you could go. I needed somebody to go, and I'm glad that you could go. I didn't want to eat the ticket. And he said, and he was very gracious, he said to me that a long time ago, his father said to him, if somebody invites you to something nice, you say yes. Okay. And that's what he said. And so he's like, because he goes, well, I was wondering how come, you know, he goes, I, I meet you once at the bar, and now you're asking me to go to a concert. But <laughs> how long ago did you meet him? It was like two weeks. It was within a two-week Was it period. the night you stiffed me? No, no. It was not that night. It was a different night. It was a different how night. How much are you going out now, P.T.? Uh, whenever you're able to I, get out of the house now. No, season. no. Uh, there's always a price that comes with that, too. All right. Well, yeah. uh, you know, her name so, is Susan Miller, and she's very much wanting to make sure I'm home and safe. I, well, that's very nice, and it's probably smart. But I would say that uh, I was wondering if you met him the night that you were at my house, nope. and then left me to go to. Uh, no, we did not and meet this guy. Into that story. And then, no. you, see, if you wouldn't have done that, I was going to say you would have gone to the concert with the guy you really wanted to go. That guy's with. name is Jeff Harding. Remember, he played for the Flyers, and that's Billy's fault, by the way. That's all Billy Schwein's fault. You okay. like to put that on me, but Billy changed his mind like Billy does. Billy changes minds, his mind like every five minutes. Okay. So that was. So how was the went. concert? You was, went with a total stranger. It was outstanding. Uh, was we he at least a good-looking guy. 
how do you describe what a guy looks like in terms of good looking? Sure, he was a very handsome fellow. Okay. What the hell do you want me to say to that? Yeah, you're kidding me, right? Right. Uh, well, I'm just wondering. He was a very nice gentleman. He he uh, works for a living, right? I mean, he works at the at the docks, right, up in Philly. So I like mean, Carlin likes to work on the docks. He works hard, is what I'm saying. He's not like the PT, just scamming his yeah. way through life. So suffice to say. Uh, we got parked. We got the club level, you know, and he they gave you these LED wristbands and the whole thing was like uh, the whole thing was like timed out to uh, basically uh, a sequence where like uh, they, the lights would all go purple or they'd all go red or, yeah. you know, and, and I got to tell you, I'd never been to a Coldplay show before. It was like. I almost want to say it was like a cult. I mean, people were so excited for this group. They were so excited for, uh, you know, Beach Balls came out. And like you said, at one point, Chris Martin did try to do the E-A-G-L-E-S uh, chant, but uh, he blew it. He this guy says, uh, PT, you tell the best stories so much so. Uh, so good that guy could have been a serial killer. Were you concerned <laughs> when you drove with – now, did you drive no, I, or did you get into I his drove, car? I drove. And now that I think about it, I did get out of the car at the Farley – I hand clapped him and bro hugged him a yeah. little because I like, did remember. Good to remember see you, bro. Yeah, exactly, because I didn't want him to think, you know. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. So. All it, right. It well, was a very. I nice gotta tell you. And I, you know what, Mike Carlind with a D and I are now friends for life. Is he a local guy? Yeah. Did like he know you before? Like, did he say, "Hey, are you Pete Thompson?" That's what he said when I walked into the bar when we met the first time. Right. He was doing like uh, Philly's Harry Callis stuff at me or what. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I can just see this guy getting a phone call. Yeah. Hey, what the hell's Pete Thompson calling me for? And you being like, hey, Mike. I just was talking to him like I would talk to Mike Carlin. Yeah. And only afterwards when he said Black Hyundai was like, huh, that didn't sound like Mike Carlin <laughs> from the radio. You think Mike Carlin is upset that he got... Uh, Great question. Basically annexed I, by I, this I, guy, I, Mike, by the <laughs> imposter, Mike Carlin. The, uh, well, the real Mike Carlin, please stand up. I have not asked Mike Carlin yet if he feels slighted or disrespected. <laughs> In fact, as this story now comes out of the radio, oh, man. Mike Carlin is working, so I don't know if he's able to listen, but I know his friends are listening, and I'm sure somebody is texting him that PT is talking about him. Well, I'm glad I asked about the concert. I was a little jealous, or not jealous, I was a little disappointed that I couldn't go. You were on the list. Uh, well, I was deep down the list, but I was and on you're it. you're right. I mean, the show started at 9. Too late, man. Right? And they went two hours, 9 to 11. The problem is the apocalypse was forecast for, like, anywhere between 10 and 11 o'clock. Yeah. And sure enough, like, I remember they played the song Yellow, and you know the PT has the bald head, right? That's why I'm wearing a hat today. Uh, I felt some raindrops on top of my bald spot. And I said to Mike Carlind with a D, right. hey, after this song, let's go inside. And so we went on the inside portion and just sat and listened to the concert for like the last half of the concert, basically. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, so Mike Carlind got to go to the uh, Coldplay show. And I saw, I felt like my whole Facebook feed went to this show. That's all yeah. I saw for, what night was that, Wednesday? Wednesday no, night. It had yep. to be, was it Wednesday or Wednesday, Tuesday? Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah, that I much felt like I know. Everybody much. Yeah. was at this concert. 
Uh, I can't. You know what's weird? It was kind of. I the can't first remember if I've back. ever seen Coldplay or not. I'd never seen him. I, I just I was blown away by how enthusiastic the audience was and their response was to that band. You know, I, I just I've seen some concerts before. I've seen some things before. You know, I think I saw that with U two a long time ago or Bruce Springsteen a few times, but I didn't know that Coldplay well, had the strength to be able to fill a Lincoln Financial. Well, what I want to know out there, okay, if you're listening, 609-403-0973. If you're on the free mobile app, message us through the app on your phone. Would you have tried to get out of that encounter, or would you have just gone to the concert with a complete stranger? That's what I want to know. Because I think I probably would have, like, once I figured out that I got the wrong text, I, this is like when Jerry had the tickets and he had to keep going this to all the events. This is a very Curb Your Enthusiasm or Seinfeld no, this is the story. Seinfeld episode, yeah. right, where Jerry had the tickets to go to the Knicks game, but he didn't thank the guy. Right. And he said, I already thanked him. I had thanked him enough already. Yeah. How many times do you have to thank him? Yeah. All right, more Sports Bash coming up here on 97.3 ESPN. Mike McGarry from the Press of Atlantic City. He's going to be stopping by with us here. I wonder if he would have gone to that concert. He's a well, big concert I know, guy, right? Well, I know Mike McGarry. That no, 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 no. Yeah. Would he have gone with Mike Carlind? <laughs> Land. Pro- probably not. Or would he have backed out of that? <laughs> probably not. I-, I don't think there's very many people. I-, I did have to also fess up to my girlfriend, like, the next day. Well, because as she started to see the post, because Mike Carlind is on Facebook, and he posted, as she started seeing that, she's like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> that doesn't look like And you probably guy. answered, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Boy, wouldn't I like to know. No, I, I was able to answer that he's a wonderful man. So how many people out there would have just sucked it up and gone with a total stranger? Now, I guess he wasn't a total stranger, but you only met him once. Now twice. That's like... Um, now twice. When... <laughs> <laughs> When uh, you were, you can't make this up, man. No, well, it's funny because my girlfriend was uh, getting on me one night. We were at. Um, I'll tell the story on the other side. Okay. More sports bats coming up live here at the Shoprite LPGA. The classic is back this weekend. Stop on out. You just need your Shoprite card. It's free to get in. Walk the greens and see the best players in the world play at the highest level right in your backyard. More sports bats coming up. Now, ESPN. Josh Henry back here in the 97.3 ESPN studio. Sports match Mike Gill. We will reconnect with uh, Mike Gill and Pete Thompson in just a moment. little update on uh, news, by the way. The, guy, the guys are out there at the LPGA ShopRite Classic. Uh, Zach Wheeler has been officially activated off the paternity list, and uh, Scott Kingery has been sent away, basically. So, so Wheeler is on pace now to pitch this weekend, which is important for the Phillies because... The Phillies are playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, not just at home, but also the fact that they are in a situation where they're playing against the Arizona's two best pitchers. So getting Wheeler back is a big deal. So, uh, of course, it's a really busy weekend 
for the Phillies, not just because of the fact that they're back home, just flying back from Milwaukee, but because Arizona is right behind them in the wild card standings. The good news is the Giants lost last night, so they gained some space catching up to the wild card standings. But with Arizona right behind them and two of Arizona's best pitchers pitching this weekend, you need Zach Wheeler. So, Josh Hennig back here in the 973 ESPN studios as we're trying to reconnect with the guys on location. Mike Gill and Pete Thompson over at the ShopRite LPGA Classic here on 97.3 ESPN. Of course, still to come, they'll be talking with Mike McGarry from the Press of Atlantic City. He's on location with them. Don't forget as well, uh, football and forward with Adam Kaplan later today. And, of course, Ryan Rostin will be joining Mike Gill in the 3 o'clock hour from the Philadelphia CityCast. As we try to reconnect with the guys over there at the ShopRite LPGA Classic. And, of course, don't forget tonight is the NBA Finals Game 4 here on 97.3 ESPN-FM. You know, with the NBA Finals tonight, it's actually a crazy weekend because you got the NBA Finals tonight. You hear that 8 p.m. on 97.3 ESPN. Eastern Conference Finals tomorrow on 97.3 ESPN FM with the Rangers losing last night. Tampa has a chance to finish them off tomorrow. And, you know, with such a busy weekend, you know, you guys can text in at 609-403-0973. What is drawing your attention this weekend? Is it the Phillies three-game series. Is it the NBA Finals game four tonight and then game five on Monday? Is it the is, How interested are you in the Eastern Conference Finals with the hockey? Rangers down 3-2 in their playoff series. So uh, there's, there's a lot of things to watch this weekend. Yeah, I know if you ask uh, Billy Schwamm, he's going to say the Belmont Stakes, but I'm, I don't know how many of you guys out there who are going to text it at 609-403-0973 or DM the show through the 973 ESPN mobile app uh, powered by First Bank. See, I don't know what, what way you guys would go. Maybe some of you do want to watch the Belmont. I mean, I just think there's a lot. There's, it, it lost some juice. I think we got the guys back now. I, I gave him the towel. He's already using it. Okay, Mike, I got you back. Good, thanks. Mike, we're on the air. I think. Yes, you are, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're on the air. Josh just said we're on the air, so we're on the air. Sorry, I don't hear Josh. That's all right. I can hear him as I hold up my towel that you secured for me to make sure that there's appropriate sponsorship and everybody's taking care of. (laughs) You're listening to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Pete Thompson, Mike Gill, Mike McGarry joining us now. Hey, technology, right, boys? Yeah, well, we're uh, live on location at the LPGA, and sometimes you're at the uh, mercy of the Wi-Fi and uh, whatever. We're here. All right, Mike McGarry from the Press of Atlantic City is uh, with me, and Pete, (laughs) although sometimes we wish Pete wasn't here. (laughs) Michael, what's up, man? Not much, not much. Great day here. Beautiful day. Sunny day, day, uh, not too hot. Last year we were here, I think we had wings. I don't see wings here. Right. Well, I said last year was October. Right. 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 So this is back. This is the normal week, right? Yeah, this is the normal dates. Uh, The past two years it's been in the fall because of the pandemic. And um, I guess another sign that the world is getting back to normal is ShopRite Classic back in June. Yeah. So 
I know we were just kind of filling you in off the air. Would you go to the Coldplay concert with a talk? Now, you said you're going to Paul McCartney coming up. Yes, with my wife, son, and now, his Now, if you called a guy. I actually know them. Okay. If you called a guy by accident that you just met at the bar and then realized you called a guy by accident, would you go through with going to the concert with him? You know, I, I think that's that's not a text deal. You don't cement that. Coldplay concert. I, on, I talked on to him. No, he called him. called him on the phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was only after I hung up that I realized that didn't sound like Mike Carlin. Yeah. And it's funny. You can look at my phone, Mike McGarry, and you can see uh, the history of his name was in my phone as Mike Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N. I hung up with him and I changed it to not Mike Carlin with question marks. And then I texted him and said, why don't you give me the first and last spelling of your name so I have it correctly in my phone. And that's where <laughs> the roosters well, came to I, roost. I recommend and from now on, like when you do that, maybe have a like a, a background question you can ask the guy to sort of clear it so you actually know you're speaking with the Did you and I go right to the guy, same high school? Basically. True or yeah, false? Exactly. Yes or no? You know, what's your favorite sports team? Like trying to get on a credit card site after you lose your password. Are you class of 82? Yeah, yes or no? You need something. Yeah. What's your, what was your first dog's name? You know? Right, so oh, you would not be going to the concert no, with Mike Carland. No. What I you're saying? <laughs> I would have hoped I would have picked up that I was not inviting the person along the way, and then <laughs> I did. All but but then that, that's an awful so how do you, moment. Okay, how so do you, how would you get out of it? Right. Well, once he couldn't get out of it, once you hang up the phone, that the die is cast. You know, you got to save yourself in the first couple of minutes of that call and say, hey. You know, Mike's voice is changing. Mike uh, called it. Yeah, how long into the know? conversation did you realize you were talking to somebody different? About a minute, about a minute and a half, because yeah. it, it just didn't sound like Mike Carlin from the radio. But but the, he was so enthusiastic about and said yes and said that sounds so like you just, fun. You and, just opened up right away with, do you want to go to Coldplay? No, hey, what have you been doing? What well, have you been up to lately? <laughs> no, just, no, boom, no, 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 no. right off I, the gap. I, I absolutely hey, said. tickets. Where I, are we going? I absolutely said, in? like, hey, what's going on? He said <laughs> nothing. He goes, nothing, I'm at work. And I said, oh, how's that going? He's like, ah, oh, you know, same old, same old. I mean, you're not getting anything in the small talk. The only clue, I, he didn't sound like him. And then when I said, let's meet at the Farley, what car, do you, what car are you going to have? And he said, a black Hyundai. And I knew the actual Mike Carlin drove a white <laughs> truck. So that was like the red flag of, yeah. I, I've done something here. I, I think you jumped in too, too quick. Too quick. I think you jumped in too quick. Although, have, you, have you met me? All, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although, the problem was, this guy, Carland, was so far down the depth chart that he was running out of people. The guy, I mean, you know, you start to get that. He was the 13th person I asked. Now, did Schwein make the list? Schwein was on the list. Did yes, he get a fact, call? Was he after this car land? No, yeah, oh yeah. No, no, he was, <laughs> no, he was before the car land. Uh, he so was, that he couldn't he go? He was early on, yeah. He was, but he was short. He, he had his daughter. a little bit about Coldplay. Uh, I, could be, I, not a fan? I originally got it a as, as a date ticket. Yeah, that's exactly right. I knew, I knew, I don't know if I'm investing I knew in Fix You, I knew Clocks, and I knew Come one on. other. There was like first three song. songs. I you knew. don't know, you know more than three songs. All right, four. I'm going to go ten. No, no way. I think Coldplay's no one of those way. bands where when they started playing, I might be able to name four songs, being an old oh, guy, the but scientist. I recognize. That's my four. Fix You, Clocks, The Scientist, and one other. And Yellow. then they performed that, yeah. absolutely, you know more. that awful version yeah. of Fly, Eagles, Fly. Did you hear they spelled it wrong, too? And he didn't even know how to spell it. I don't know what he was doing. 
L-E-S. That version was absolutely hard. Yeah, he, well, he cold-played it up. Yeah. yeah, he slowed it down and made it melodic and soulful. Although a couple nights before, he did, uh, Springsteen did join him in the uh, Yeah, that was much better. And that, you you would have liked that. that was much better. Yeah. Springsteen, better than a bad version of Floyd. Should we call Eagles Kevin Blanc. Kincaid? Yeah, shocking. Call, call Kevin Kincaid. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Kevin Kincaid can sanction that version of Fly Eagles Fly over Springsteen. <laughs> so, all right, there's a couple things on the docket list that we wanted to get your opinions on today so mike mcgarry opine on phils have won seven straight right well we were just talking before we uh came on the air here that they're actually not the hottest team in baseball the hottest team in baseball is the atlanta braves who have won eight in a row so opportune time for the phillies to get hot because if they didn't get hot you know they would have been in, in some trouble they picked up some games on the mets who have kind of hit their first sort of bump in the road out in san diego the first time really all season they haven't hit darvish shut them down tuesday sean Manaya shut them down on wednesday now they go to the angels who finally broke their big losing streak i believe last night they'll play three in the angels starting tonight uh so hey Dave Dombrowski looks like the smartest guy in baseball. <laughs> you know, he fires Joe Girardi, and boom, Rob Thompson, the man of a thousand nicknames, comes in, and all of a sudden the Phillies are hitting home runs all over the field. Any relation? No relation. Okay. I, I did notice you sat up a little bit when he said Thompson because you were waiting for me to jump in and say no relation. I was. Um, so you're, I want to because about the Mets. What's happening for people who are seeing that the Mets are starting – they got some injury Injuries. issues, but is that what it is? Is Injuries that all it is? and just a normal look. You're, they're not going to hit or play at the level you're going to play for 162 games. No, they, you're right. They're going to hit a slump, and, and if they were going to hit a slump, it would be on this West Coast road trip, which is a tough trip. And they went to San Diego, and, hey, you played San Diego, and you got you Darvish, who's pitched great this year except for, like, one start at the beginning of the season, and you got Sean Manaya, who's also pitched great for the Padres, and the Padres are a winning team, and they just ran into a couple of hot – hot pitchers without Alonzo in the It's an line. interesting um, time, though, because the Phillies have a stretch of games now coming up where it's flipping, where they've got the Washingtons and the Arizonas and the Flor- the Marlins, who, of course, have had their right, number, right. but except, the schedule certainly lightens up for right, Philadelphia. Except how many times over the years have we said the schedule lightens up for the Very Phillies, fair. and all of a sudden, boom, you know, they're dropping two. Well, now we feel better because Rob Thompson's the manager. Well, the <laughs> no top gets it done. <laughs> right. Um, do you have any... Thoughts and opinions, since we are at this golf event here, on this Live Golf versus the PGA Tour. Look, I'm a fan of the of the P. Obviously, I think the PGA Tour is a way to go. I'm a fan of legacy. I think most of these golfers, even a guy like uh, DJ Johnson, you look at it and he looks at it and says, "Well, if I can still play in the majors, how many?" actual regular PGA events am I going to win the rest of my life? I mean, you forget, I think DJ's like 34 years old. Uh, you know, and that when they throw you that much money, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you look at it and say, I could take this money, or do I want to win the RBC Canadian Open? And, right. and, they, and they take the money. Now, the money is from a, uh, you know, a, a, a government that has obviously had it, its fair share of issues, to yeah. say the least. And whether you feel comfortable taking the money from them, I mean, you know, I'd like to think that I wouldn't. But if somebody well, offered me $100 million... Somebody you know. compared it to, like, hey, I just quit my job, and then my job suspended me for quitting my job. Like, they <laughs> left the PGA to go play in this other tour, and then the PGA suspended them. And they're like, well, I just left you. Like, well, right. I, some you know, some like, resigned. Some some actually did. I, I understand. My, my issue would be more 
the source of the money for the Live Golf Tournament. I understand some of their complaints. I understand Mickelson's complaints for how top-ranked golfers show up at an event, boost attendance by so much, are on social media, are part of those featured groups that are on ESPN+. The tour is making money off of all that, and the players are not getting their fair share. You know, I understand that complaint. Uh, you know, my issue would be with, you know, taking the money of the Saudi Arabian government and, uh, and just basically joining forces with them. You know, I don't think that's, that's the way to go. I don't think, you know, I don't understand how players would be comfortable with that. So Mike McGarry's with us. Did you see today that, because you're a writer, you're a journalist, did you see today that Alan Shipnuck, who kind of started all this, was in a press conference with Phil Mickelson, and the live tour goons, for lack of a better word, came and escorted well, him out. Isn't that the number one problem with the Saudi Arabian government? I don't want to get in, but, you know, uh, they killed a Washington Post columnist. So, right. I mean... Uh, is anybody so I wouldn't be surprised by anything that goes on there and that's what I said I mean you're just in bed with a group of people that I just would not feel good about and you know disappointed that a guy like Mickelson would Bryson DeChambeau went today here's your list Bryson DeChambeau Phil Mickelson Dustin Johnson who you talked about Martin Keimer Sergio Garcia Charles Schwartzel Graham McDowell Louis Oosthuizen and Patrick Reed I all the big question those is, guys you know. are Past their prime. The mo uh, the guy, I guess the big question is though, how long and how sustainable is it? They don't have a TV deal, right? They're they're playing this on YouTube. Yeah. To watch this event, you have to have basically like BFA Sports, right? right? right you got to right. go to YouTube and watch the, the event there. I mean, I guess the key the key will be, from what I understand, will be if the World Golf, if the major championships give world golf ranking points to these live events because mm -hmm. if they do that that will enable the players to continue to play in the major championships All right. once you get to a point where the live golf players can't play in the major championships then i think it falls apart that's the breaking point yeah and the masters mike the oh, masters yeah. is an invitation they can invite that, anybody at once that's a big so one if they say we're not going to invite anybody they haven't weighed in yet though in of course yet. they USGA haven't. has yeah. said that they're going to play yeah and the british open has obviously said, said they're going to play and, and those two championships have open in their title so right. by definition they're open to everybody right uh do you know clocks do i know clocks yes fix you yeah, that's the five. Clocks, the scientist. Let scientist. me finish. Okay, that's three. In my place. Uh, that's four. Yellow. Five. Viva la vida. Nope, didn't know that one. You do know that one. No, I didn't. If I played it for you, you'd know it. But I didn't know it was it when the first Okay, trouble. Nope. You know trouble. You're trouble. Uh, for trying to call out my cold play. Speed expertise. of sound. Nope. Why is the speed of sound? It, it, no, I don't really know. Well, you know ten songs. All right, we'll take a quick break. We come back more with Mike McGarry from the Press of Atlantic City here on the Sports Bass Live on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now, back with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. <laughs> now, I recognize this song. Yeah, me too. You should, right? Now, this is what? 
This is uh, something the world. No, it's not. It's, it's uh, yeah. La Vida, right? Viva La Vida. I just asked if you know it, and then you said, what no. be the world or something. I don't know the, I don't know titles. Okay, but you know the song. I said if you heard it, you uh, would know it. All right, I kind of knew it a little. Well, there's ten other ones you know, too. Uh, all right, Mike McGarry from the Press of Atlantic City. Is I love that us. you're arguing with me about what songs I actually know and what I don't. Well, I, I said I know you better than you know you. I knew a few. Top 10. So, so uh, one thing here, Mike, I'm getting a couple of texts. People, the Phillies return home tonight, right? And some people are trying to get tickets, and they're amazed that there aren't a lot of tickets. Wow. But, and they have that reaction. But tonight was Bryce Harbor uh, bobblehead night. Okay. So oh. that's why it's not only the fact that they won seven in a row. This game was probably close to sold out. Anyway. Uh, and three, by the way, Bryce Harper ago. is closing in on his 100th Phillies home run. Hey, Br- Bryce Harper to me, I was thinking about this the other day. He, he is a guy that really, you look at free agent signings, he has gotten better. He has gotten better in Philadelphia than he was in Washington. And it's really just, uh, you could make a case for him right now. I realize he's not playing the field at all, but, you know, is there a better hitter in the National League? You, right were, there, you were there as media last Sunday, but I was there as a fan in right, Section 114. Right. And I maintain that it was louder for Harper's home run than it was for Stott's walk-off. And I just think it was... There's more people at Harper's home run. Scoring yeah. situation. And, and also my dad's seats are at the top of 114. Right, right. So all those people kind of congregate in the standing room area. But it was this wave of sound that damn near knocked me over. Yeah. I almost fell over my dad. I was... And, you know, I'm a fan. So, so this, I was... The Coldplay song is Speed of Sound. Oh, okay. Not wave of sound. So you said Viva La Vida, la whatever. So you were wrong, too. <laughs> no, no, no. Not that one. Oh. You said wave of sound. See, I, I said the song is called Speed of I'm Sound. I'm telling you, I know, like, Fix You, Scientist, <laughs> Yellow, and one other, yeah. like. Uh, back to Bryce Harper. <laughs> yeah, please. I'll, I'll say something that might be a bit, like, sacrilegious a little bit in, in, in South Jersey. But a couple years ago, there was no doubt in my mind that Trout was better than him. But now. Well, trust me, the, the injuries have started well, they, to really slow count. him down. They, they, they count. Yeah, they, no, no, I'm count. saying, but they, so, the injuries have slowed right, him right. down and, precipitously. And Harper on the other side is speeding up. getting better. So, I think uh, you make an you excellent know, point. I mean, you know? it, it's close. I'd still take Trout, but it's close. Well, I guess after this little win streak here, what were the problems they were having? They what has hitting, changed? They weren't hitting home runs, and now they are. Right. And I don't know if firing the man, you know, f- firing the manager might have said might have woken them up to the point of hey, uh, management is not going to take this lying down. So if they got rid of Girardi, uh, now obviously they're not going to trade a Schwaber or a Castellanos or a Harper, but maybe it t- told some other guys I better get it in gear here because well, I, I know contend- if they fired Girardi, who knows what. Lengths they'll go to to improve. This. I, I contend the baseball manager is more of like a confidence thing. Like I don't know that Girardi was very, I don't say friends with these guys, but close with these guys. Like, did he communicate with these guys a lot? And is this guy saying like, "Hey, man, how was your drive here today?" Yeah, I don't you know? know. I mean, what did you have for dinner last night? Maybe the young guys were a little tight. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, they I, seem to have gotten uncorked. I'm talking about the stots or the. Yeah, you know. I was in the clubhouse when they talking to players, and I've been up there a fair amount. You know, I think the players respected Girardi. Uh, but I don't think they were going to the mattresses to try to, you know, when Dombrowski said, I'm going to fire him. Oh, no, no, you can't fire Joe or something like that. I think they respected him as a baseball guy, but they certainly didn't feel about him the way that maybe the 07 to 11 Phillies felt about Charlie Manuel. I just, you know, I'm looking at this team. And by the way, yesterday you see, not was it yesterday or the day before, I guess, they played a day game the night before. Nola 
leads the league in strikeouts. He's fourth in the league in whip. Yeah. I mean, he's starting to pitch well. If you can get a Wheeler, Nola, Eflin, Eflin those three guys, and then, you know, Suarez pitched well his last time. He hasn't pitched as well as right, he did last right. year, but Gibson and Suarez are much better four fives than most yeah. teams are rolling out there. Well, I, I said before the season started, I, I, I picked five guys, and, uh, and I think they were Nola, uh, Schwaber, uh, um, Sir Anthony, three, uh, Stott was four, and um, I forget who the fifth was. I think it was. I think it was Hoskins, we- maybe. Or? No, it was probably Wheeler. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, no, it was Suarez. It was Suarez. And those five guys to see really holding the key to the Philly season. They really had to perform. And if you look, those five guys were not pitching, except for Sir Anthony. Four of those five guys were struggling. Up until about two weeks ago, now all of a sudden Schwaber's taken off, Stott's hitting the ball, Suarez had his best start of the season, and Nola, I mean, I still remember talking to you from California, that Mets game, game four or five of the season where he was horrible, he got off to a bad start, but now he looks like an all-star candidate. So. Well, and I'll tell you what, Dominguez has really started, I mean, he was 99 yesterday. Yeah, I, mean, I said back in spring training, when I was down in Clearwater yeah. and saw him pitch, I, and, and he struck out the side or two out of three against the Tigers one day, and I said, if they could get him to be a key part of their bullpen, right. where he could pitch well, that, the eighth yeah, inning, exactly. that change, that's like adding an, a piece you know, that right. nobody in the offseason could get. And if he's starting to look like he could yeah. be – in fact, people want him to start closing games. Yeah, out. you know, i, I got to stick with Knable as much as, you know, he walks the bases loaded the other night. i I still got to stick with him. They had him up yesterday, Knable, and then they sat him down yeah, after the game got out right. of the Right, and, and the give, give Sir Anthony – I mean, I know he pitched the seventh inning yesterday. Give him a few more of those outings before I would make a move and see if Knable can kind of, um, you know – snap himself out of his struggles a little bit. By the way, Herrera, too, in the five games since Girardi was fired, uh, he's hitting 417 with two homers. His on-base percentage is 533. So he keeps hearing about playing these young guys, get Moniac out there. Herrera's got homers in a couple of games, and he's starting to tear it up well, a little again, bit. Well, again, he's typical. I mean, this is a typical Adubel Herrera hot streak, and this is what the Phillies are doing. They are hitting home runs everywhere throughout the lineup. That's what they are kind of built to do. But they are a streaky team, and as streaky as they can be with hitting home runs now, we saw what happens when they don't hit home runs a couple of weeks ago. So it can switch back the other way, but right now, uh, you know, all is good, especially Herrera. There might not be a streakier hitter alive than a Dubal Herrera. All right, we'll leave you with this. Game four tonight, Celtics um, look like uh, this is one of those where they win big, then they lose big. So are they, we going back to them losing big, or are they now in control of this series? I, you know, I, I like the Celtics to win the series, but the most Celtics thing in the world to do would be to lose tonight's game. So I think this is really a last kind of stand for Golden State, right? If they lose this one, they go down 3-1, and they're in a lot of trouble. So, I, you know, I would like Golden State tonight. I still like the Celtics to sort of win the series, but the Celtics don't seem to do anything easy. You know, they, they dropped Game 5 in the Milwaukee series, had to come back and win Game 6 in Milwaukee, Game 7 in Boston. They don't seem to do anything easy, so why should it change now? Well, you can listen to that game tonight right here on 97.3 ESPN. By the way, tomorrow night we have the Rangers and the Lightning on 97.3 ESPN. Don't go knock anybody out there, McGarry. <laughs> All right. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up in just a little bit. Boy, that fan... 
He, they caught that guy, by the way. Oh, good. They caught that guy. That guy arrested. He's from my home. He's from home, my hometown. Did you go to high school, same high school? No, Staten Island. You want to ask him to go Staten to the uh, McCartney concert with no, you? No, I don't. No, I'm not going to call him and ask him to go to a concert with me. And that should be your worst question. Knock anybody out of the hockey game lately? Oh my god. Uh, all right, Mike McGarry for the Press of Atlantic City. Read more about the LPGA Classic, and he's heading to Cedar Creek. They are playing for the first time in the Group 2 Finals and uh, baseball. He'll have that coverage in tomorrow's Press of Atlantic City. And we'll talk to you on Monday, Mike. Have a- this is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Two of the Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN. It's another Coldplay song for you, PT. You know I, this one? I'm sensing a theme. This is how long shall I go on talking and enduring this abuse. So this is like 13 Gil. songs now you know. How long can I take it as the tour official now comes over to shut our station <laughs> down? <laughs> Uh, all right, we're all right outside the first tee here at the ShopRite LPGA. Mike Gill, Pete Thompson on Happy Hour Friday. We hope you come on out for Happy Hour Friday. If you're going to stop by the ShopRite LPGA Classic, you should come on out and see us here live over in Galloway. We're right outside McGettigan's, uh, excuse me, uh, 19th Green. And, uh, hey, PT, I was uh, writing, you know, you sent me this thing on Twitter today about the Rangers fan. Very early, right? So and uh, there's been some developments. He, I don't know if anybody saw the video. Go to our website, 973ESPN.com. This Rangers fan just absolutely sucker punches. It's not a sucker punch. It's an assault. He just assaulted a Tampa Bay Lightning fan at the game last night. And it's on video. It's like two minutes of this guy just laying lifeless there. Well, apparently really scary, somebody yeah. tried to dime him out, and he knocked that guy out, too. Oh, I didn't Did you know see that? that. No, I didn't know that secondary grace note to it. I know that uh, Madison Square Garden put out a statement. They called it an abhorrent assault, is what they said. When I watched the video this morning uh, and I saw it, I mean, look. Gil, you know that me, Billy Schwime, all the old schoolers, we, we like a little physicality in the hockey game. What we don't like is somebody just sucker punching another guy. And, you know, people were trying to defend him, uh, the, the puncher, and uh, there's, no, there's no defense for that. I mean, he just literally turns around and uppercuts this guy, and, lay, and the guy's wearing a uh, Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. So Ranger fan punches Tampa Bay fan. And uh, the Tampa Bay fan never had a chance to defend himself. And so not only did he knock him out, but the guy hits his head on the on the concrete, basically. And and then the guy in the red shirt just keeps on walking. Well, now the uh, Madison Square Garden has come out. They've identified who that fan is, and they've banned him from Madison Square Garden for life. Right. I wrote about this at 97.3ESPN.com. I said, can you imagine if a Flyers fan had done this? Now, I'm not suggesting that it never happened before in Philadelphia, but this would be on the lead of SportsCenter. It would be on all the debate shows. You know, they would be talking about these unruly fans. I haven't seen this anywhere. Have you? No, I haven't. I certainly haven't seen it like in a national thing. I saw it this morning, and, and when I saw it this morning, that was the the thing that got my. Uh, the video is so compelling. The first person that shoots the video, uh, I mean, I audibly, uh, and then I showed it to Susan, showed it to my girlfriend, and she was like kind of half asleep, and she's like, "What are you showing me?" I'm like, "Just wait," and she's like, oh, "You know that audible gasp that you hear." Cause well, the guy literally, no put it. he's just walking like two steps in front of him. 
and then he just kind of wham, and the guy, I mean, he just whaps and right. hits the ground Straight so up hard. Got him right on the chin, knocked him right down. Now, I will credit the Rangers fans that stopped and helped. Like, there are ra- there are good Ranger fans out well, there. Well, and so, again, this isn't, you know. I, I'm not sitting here saying, look, see, Ranger fans are bad people. This is not an indictment on Rangers fans, as Philadelphia fans get a bad rap that they're unruly. And they're, no, I've said and maintained on this show for years, Eagles fans are just the same as Cleveland fans and Pittsburgh fans and Giant fans and Dallas fans and Washington fans and Miami fans. There are bad people in every fan base. If you go to a stadium and you're wearing the opposite jersey, you're putting yourself at risk, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And it's not just if you come to a Philadelphia sporting event. We live in the bubble. And this is two now for New York. I mean, think think about uh, the Yankee fans earlier in the season that were throwing things at the Cleveland players. Remember that whole incident? And then the Cleveland player was going to try to climb the outfield wall and start going after the fans. Uh, uh, Again, uh, you know, Philly gets that bad rap of that, you know, oh, uh, in the Vikings playoff game, a guy was so drunk he punched a horse. Well, sadly, that did happen, but there are bad fans everywhere, and this is the latest incident, and you're right, it's not getting the same attention that it would get. No, you're right. It, it certainly is not getting the same attention that it generally would get somewhere else. If this was a Flyers fan who punched a Lightning fan and knocked the guy out, it would be talked about in Philadelphia, these fans, it's always Philadelphia. No, it's not always Philadelphia. Fans are a problem everywhere. And you know what? It's an embarrassment. How do you act like that? And the guy, it wasn't as if the guy who punched him in the face, he didn't seem unruly. He didn't seem drunk. He just seemed to be a complete arrogant jerk. Like, who thinks that it's okay to walk out because a guy is wearing the jersey of another team that it's all right to sit there and slug the guy well, in the face? Like, I, I like who the hell do you that think you are? Because there, there were people on social media off the original tweet trying to say, well, who knows what led up to this? Who knows what kind of interaction were between these two guys before the punch? Hey, I'm sorry, Mike Gill. There's nothing that could lead up to that that then justifies sucker punching the guy as you're walking out. You know, even if the guy's like kind of belittling you on the way out. And remember, Tampa Bay scored two goals late in that game. If you're a Ranger fan, you're angry, you're drunk, you're pissed off, and maybe this guy's right in your ear, pop, 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 on the way out, and he just loses it. But it's not justifiable. There's nothing that justifies turning around and cold cocking a guy and laying him out. It's, no. it's unacceptable. No, I mean, it's a, literally, it's like the guy who's religiously text in all day stuff acting like i can say these things and not leave my name and have a blocked phone number like mm-hmm. seriously the guy punches somebody in the face and cowardly runs away yeah you're gonna be that guy like at him. least sit there and say i punched you in the face stand over top the guy so that you can get caught instead yeah. he tries to run away it's like a guy sending a text message and doesn't put your name to yeah, it yeah that drives like, me own, crazy no i yeah. just say own up to it it's okay if you want to be the guy who wants to act like i can say whatever i want to say i can punch you in the face if i feel like it <laughs> But then don't run away. I'm only don't la- run away I'm and only act like because you've wanted to punch me in the face many times and never. But have. my point <laughs> is, don't run away. Then own yeah. it. If you want to be a tough guy, own it. So be 20- the tough guy and stand over top that guy and say, "I just decked you because you wouldn't shut up in my ear, and this is what happened to you right. because you wouldn't shut up." Instead, 
He decked the guy, and then he took off. But he still got caught. Well, good. He should yeah. get caught. And guess 29-year-old Staten Island man, he's been arrested on two counts of assault, disorderly conduct, harassment. Now, the police did say there was an interaction between a group of Rangers and a group of Lightning fans before the punch was thrown. So there was something that obviously must have led up to what we did see on the tweet. Well, there was one Lightning guy, right? I didn't see anybody else with him. The lightning guy, when he went down, he first of all he had he had a beer in his hand, and I heard the beer pop, you know, as it hit the concrete, and then he was out before he even hit the ground. So you almost heard like two things: you heard fist on jaw, and you heard head on concrete uh, when the guy got hit. It was uh, unbelievable. All right, Ryan Rothstein from the Philadelphia City Cast is with us, and uh, he's been kind of listening in on our conversation. This, this video is on our website, 973ESPN.com. It's been all over social media, and uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it's always see. I said, can you imagine, Rye, if this was a Philadelphia Flyers game and the Flyers guy? Like, are we, uh, you know, are we basically um, trying to <laughs> – basically shield some of the deflect some of the stuff off of philadelphia or is this right that hey this happens and that fans in sports are getting out of control you know i i posed the question a couple weeks ago and and first of all hi guys hi pt <laughs> hey ryan uh, nice to see you buddy i have a great view of the of the next sweat towel by the way i mean this is <laughs> vip seating right here now not many people can i got that towel for them. view <laughs> that i'm getting right now uh has fan behavior gotten worse or are we just more aware of it because of social media? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's gotten we're more aware of it because everybody has their phones on all the time and quick access and you can hit record on anything. You know, I mean, I'm older than you, Ryan. I'm older than Mike Gill, but I definitely remember, like, I, I'm going to say my first Eagles game was six or seven, which puts you at like 77 or 78. And when you'd have those games at the vet, our seats were 649. And when you had a Giants game or a Redskins game, those two teams specifically, I vividly remember turning around, watching guys in the 700 level have a fight, watching a guy punch a guy, and the guy went down the concrete steps and came up with blood all out of his nose and his face and everywhere Jeez. else. And this is 78. And, I mean, straight right. up, nobody's recording that, but that was legit just as bad as the Rangers fan slash Tampa fan. The only difference is nobody was recording it with their phone. Right, well, I could say that, listen, I bet you if they were having a similar conversation in Pittsburgh, Seattle, Cleveland, Cincinnati, someone's been to a game where they've seen a fight break out someplace at a game. Like, I've been to yeah. thousands of Philadelphia sporting events, and I can probably see a fight that I can count on maybe one hand. It's like it's not like I go to a game every single time and I see something break out. Now, that doesn't mean that there has been games that I've been to and a fight's happened and I just didn't see it. But I'm saying, like, people act like every single time you go to a Philadelphia game that that happens. I've never actually witnessed one why I've been in attendance. Now, I I have been at a game in other venues. I was at a Tampa Bay Lightning game one time. They were playing the L.A. Kings, and there was a fight happening two rows over from me at a Lightning Kings game. Like, ooh, what kind of rivalry (laughs) do they have? So this goes on, but your question is fair, Rai, like... Is it just because social media and now everybody's got their cameras showing these things? Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. I just wanted to interject that, you know, you and I had lunch today, right, earlier, and you were telling me about something 
off the air, like that you're going to take as your personal crusade. Do you remember that, Mike Gill? Well, I, my personal crusade is to not be Philly fan that's either drunk, stupid, or punches somebody. And I've had yeah. two instances in the last five or six days. I was at the Phillies game last Sunday, in line to get a hot dog for my dad and I. Guy your age, right behind me, realizes that it's cashless. And he goes, oh, bleep, right? And then his buddy's like, what? He goes, I only have cash, right? And, of course, I got rabbit ears, so I'm hearing all this. And the guy taps me on the shoulder and says, excuse me, sir, if I gave you tw- – sir, if I gave you $20 <laughs> – if I gave you $20, would you buy two sausage and peppers for me? And I kind of looked at him because I wasn't quite processing. And he says, well, you're going to make a couple bucks on the deal. And I said, yeah, sure, okay, I'll do that. So he gives me the $20. I buy him the thing, right? And then I went out and I ended up giving him a $5 bill back because I didn't want him to lose any money because that's who I am, right? I go to the Coldplay yeah. concert with a complete stranger. But I go to the Coldplay concert with a guy that I didn't really know. <laughs> and I get to that show and I'm in line to get a beer for myself and the guy that I'm with. Well, the next guy up, he doesn't realize he, we had been talking. He was from Buffalo, right? He doesn't realize that it's cashless. And he, he's going to have to go to the machine to convert his money or whatever. So I bought that guy's beers. And the guy tried to give me like a $10 bill. And I said, give it to the worker. So he gave it to the worker. And I have no idea. I mean, I think I looked at the bill the next day. The, those two beers cost me 45 bucks. But do I care about 45 bucks when in the scheme of things, yes. now this guy goes back to Buffalo and says, you know what? All Philly fans are jerks. <laughs> how, how do you, first of all, it, people that only have cash? Like, who carries cash? Yeah. Uh, Buffalo fans and, and millennials. I know. That's like the new thing. Like, they only take cards at a lot of these events now. And it's like, well, I, ne- I, cause I never have cash on me. And he, meanwhile, you're like meeting two guys now who only had cash on them. That's correct. Who doesn't have a card? Yeah, well, the, the the guy behind me in the sausage and pepper line certainly didn't have a card, and the Buffalo guy he he did not have a card with him Dude, either. But so when I saw that video, I mean, it's like disgusting to see, and I'm thinking like, and I said I wrote about this on the website. I said that guy should never, and I and it's not only he should never be able to buy a ticket to a sporting event today. It's almost like that guy should never be welcomed in any public place. He should be so publicly shamed that he's not allowed he to be go in to jail. A, he, well, he should be in jail. You're absolutely right. And by the way, I think he's got two assault charges against him and multiple other stuff. But, you know, those things seem like frivolously they go over. Like if he goes to jail, what's it going to be for? A month? Two months? Oh, no, e- either way. Yeah, oh, I agree e- with you, way, Ryan. I'd say it. that guy that guy deserves to be in jail years. Yeah. Anybody have a yeah. problem with that? Years. You have a problem with that? I don't have a problem with it. I just know that the reality of the system is that, you know, there was a shooting in Philadelphia the other night, and those guys won't even get to jail. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I, I mean, that guy is on camera. He cold-clocked the guy. Clear as day. I don't care what happened leading up to that point. You have to be – I mean, you've got to be mentally deranged to think that that's okay. Right, you've so gotta be, you've got to be completely a, a deranged person to be walking around society thinking that that is an okay action in a public place like that. When I was at West Virginia, MG, two thousand nine Phillies Yankees World Series. After the Yankees win, there ends up being a brawl outside of Dairy Mart. Mm. Okay. 
a Yankees fan, Cold Clocks, a Phillies fan, Ryan Davini was his name. May he rest in peace. He just knocked him out, got a, a clean shot on him. He fell, smacked his head on the curb. He was a vegetable up until 2019, same age as me. He passed away in 2019 all over a drunk Phillies-Yankees fan fight in Morgantown, West Virginia. It's just that behavior is disgusting. Well, you know, that's what I was going to ask both of you because you both went to West Virginia. I went to Temple. Chris, our intern here, has got his Virginia Tech hat on. That's why I won't talk to him. In this day and age, like, I've never been in a fight like that. In, either in high school and certainly not in college. But, Ryan, it sounds like you at a front-row seat or have seen a few. Gil, when you were at West Virginia, were there some fights where, you know, glass was breaking or punches were being thrown, and you did you actually throw any punches? Or were you turtling? Uh, I actually was picked up one night for an uh, altercation. Ah. Oh. But the guy sucker-punched me. Like that guy did. Okay. And that's why I have no tolerance for it. Right. You know, I'm standing on the street hailing down a cab. So you got, got arrested it. too? Uh, I didn't or end up de- getting detained. arrested. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. taken in because the guy punched me. Huh. Basically, blind socked Seems me. pretty unfair. Yeah. Well, he just, you know, wanted to know what happened. I told him, I said, hey, I'm hailing a cab. The guy punched me in my face. And was there any logic after this other gentleman, the assailant, told his side of things? No, was but it a case listen, of mistaken identity? I, I have no idea to this day what happened other than they let me, they said, listen, you didn't do anything wrong. You were going to let you go, but just be careful. But my point, like, the point is this. You're in a college town. What's going on? Ryan, you just brought up drinking, drinking. We all know drinking is the common theme with a lot of these things. Yeah. So it's not just a Philadelphia sporting event where people are drinking and getting That's out true. of control. It's every sporting event where this is a problem. Now you'd say, well, they try to cut you off in the seventh inning. They do things that, you know, games and stuff. Look, I get it. The drinking part, the people can't handle low liquor. And when they do drink too much, they do things that are Why unruly Why did you look at me control. when you said that? I didn't. <laughs> that being said, again, it goes back to this isn't an indictment on Rangers fans. I'm not sitting here and saying New York Rangers fans, look at them. They're Both fans in the video had beers in their hand. The Tampa Bay fan had a, can, a big can of beer in and his hand. And by the way, and the guy I don't the even punch. know. I can't even verify that the guy who punched him was a Rangers fan. He had a red T-shirt on. No, but you could see that he had a Rangers jersey. Like the PTS, the sweat towel, he had like a <laughs> Rangers jersey off over his shoulder like okay. this. So he 100%. Okay, well, I'm just saying, right. I'm, not even, yeah. I'm not even saying I 100% know that the guy was a Rangers fan. All I'm saying is, and again, this is me. I'm not saying Ranger fans are a problem or right. New York fans it's are everywhere. A I'm saying fans in general have that's the thing. And this goes back to Ryan where we talk about a lot. People are irrational. Social media, mm-hmm. they act like they can say whatever they want. And it's even down to something like the coach needs to be fired because of this or this guy sucks because of that. Like the irrational nature of fans after every play, after every game, and now you see something like that and I think it's all tied together of this anonymous world that you can live in in social media. I, I completely agree. And I think you hit the nail on the head, MG. It's what's the common denominator? It's beer. You know, and you can cut someone off in the seventh inning. Well, the games are eight hours long. Well, and he, they're he there before they're drinking. Right, and you're in there. You're out there. You know, they open up the parking lots how early before the game. And I'm not sitting here advocating said like, hey, they, they can't open up these parking lots and let people tailgate like, hey, I'm not saying that they shouldn't yeah, how, be able to. How do that. early are the Eagles lots open? They're open at 6 a.m. for a one o'clock kickoff. 
right? And I get that. You know, that that's part of the thing. Actually, you know where it's dangerous, guys, in my opinion, is you have a whole generation of fans now that are going to the Eagles games to not go to the game. They yeah. will go up. They will go to a tailgate. They'll get S-bombed. And then somehow they'll find their way home, and they don't have tickets to the game. They're literally just mm-hmm. going up to play, wash your boards with their friends, and get stupid and grill out and just be generally dumb. And, and that, to me, like, I, I get it. Like Somebody paid their money for the parking spot, and they, they have a right to tailgate and do what they want to do. But that that group of people that aren't even interested in the football game at all, they're just trying to see how drunk they can get and how stupid they can act. That's a problem. But let's let's not forget that's a very small minority of those situations and game days. The unfortunate reality, all it takes is two people, one altercation, and we're having this conversation out of twenty five thousand. Yeah. No, and again, I, I, I definitely want to stress it's not me or I you know, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. But it's not me saying that the Ranger fans are problems no. because this isn't like the New York fans are a problem. But it's also it's not that the Philadelphia fans and that's where, you know, PT, you tweeted at me and said, could you imagine if this happened in a Flyers game? Right. You know, and I wrote an article at 973ESPN.com. Could you imagine if this was a Philadelphia Flyers fan who cold clocked that Tampa Bay Lightning fan? They'd be talking about it everywhere. And I think, like, you know, we really need to kind of stress that this isn't a Philadelphia fan behavior problem. It's a fan behavior problem everywhere. Okay, so you've everywhere. been to a bunch of places. You used to go on that baseball trip, right? You go to different stadiums, yep. right? Ryan, I don't know how many visiting professional stadiums you've been in for baseball or hockey or whatever, basketball, you know. But And I've been to some different places as well. But uh, can you guys, have you been at a professional event somewhere no. where you've seen something that nasty happen? Uh, no, at the Lightning Rangers, uh, Lightning Kings game in Tampa, I did see a fight at that game. Okay. No, I can't Ryan, say that I've ever been at you? a game where I saw a fight break out in the actual arena. Now, just before we get too depressed, can I put the funny story in when I went to Wrigley Hold on, one did, time? Brian, have you seen one anywhere? Yeah, no, I uh, I haven't. Like, I, I can't bring up a story where, you know, uh, back in 06, I was at this game. No, I, I've never really fortunately dealt with that firsthand or even witnessed anything firsthand you remember my kill my friend dean wysaki right you love his uh, coming at me on social media well dean was a cubs fan and i was a phillies fan and we went to wrigley right and when the game had gotten done and the phillies beat the cubs i'm gonna say this was 2002 maybe 2003 or something like that phillies beat the cubs we go across to murphy's bleachers and we're playing golden tee I beat him in golden tea, and he took his drink and poured it on my head, right? PT soaked. So I storm off. I storm away from him, and I started saying to anybody that would listen, you know, just because the Phillies beat the Cubs doesn't mean this a-hole has to pour a drink on me and stuff. And some Cubs fans started to threaten that they were going to punch Dean Wysocki. And he kept saying to them, tell him you know me. Tell him you know me. <laughs> and I was acting like, no, I don't know who that guy is. Go ahead. Kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're part of the problem, Pete Thompson. Uh, uh, 609-403-0973. Uh, PT, $45 for beers. No way. Two beers, 45 bucks? No, no, four beers. That was four. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah. Two for me and two for the guy. Um, all right, 609-403-0973. The fan behavior, 
definitely an issue. Um, and I don't know, like, uh, seriously, outside of just guys saying, hey, we're not going to serve alcohol at games anymore. Right? You're not going to fix that There's problem. There's some colleges that do that. No. I, I, when I was at West Virginia, they did not serve uh, beers at games. Colorado shut it down for a while. Of course, you, you, Col- couldn't, you couldn't buy beers at, at college. When I was at West Virginia, you could not buy a beer at the game. Right. My senior year, they changed that. Did, where they let you? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. say, they, you couldn't when I was there. I know that, I think you can now. Yes, you can now okay. in the game. Yep. 609 403 All right, we got NBA Finals tonight. We got Phillies on a hot streak. More Sports Bash coming up here live from the ShopRite LPGA Classic on 97.3 ESPN. Hey, want to tell you about the AC Airport. Plan your summer vacation now. Spirit Airlines is offering nonstop flights from Atlantic City International Airport to Boston, Atlanta, San Juan, Miami, and other exciting destinations. Visit spirit.com. Visit us here at the ShopRite LPGA Classic. We've had a couple people come by, wave, say hello, that are checking out T1. That's where we are, right off of the first T here at the ShopRite LPGA Classic. We'll be here till 6. Hopefully you'll be hanging out with us here on the Sports Bash. Now on 97.3 ESPN. All right, 3.30, we're live at the ShopRite LPGA in Galloway. The Seaview is where the tournament resides all weekend long, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Plenty of time to get out here today and check out a couple of holes tomorrow, all day long. And Sunday, the final round is also on CBS television uh, for a couple hours. I think it's 1 to 3 is the window for the final round on Sunday. Mike Gill, PT's here for Happy Hour Friday. Ryan Rothstein is the host of the Philadelphia City Cast. You can get that podcast five days a week. Download it, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. five days a week uh, for the Philadelphia City Cast. So, uh, Ryan, I, I realized that I, we were talking to McGarry earlier about the Live Golf Tour, that it was your tweet was the one that I saw that referenced that uh, it's like quitting your job and then getting suspended for quitting your job. So um, <laughs> the uh, this Live Golf Tour is, a, is obviously um, – generating a lot of conversation and uh, it could change like i said it would be like if someone played for the sixers and then joined the rival league while he was playing at the same time yeah you look at at xfl afl you know i know there's you know the xfl is coming back but my point is we've seen throughout history and recent history mg and pt yeah examples of new leagues in other sports you know, forming and, and maybe not even trying to compete, but get a piece of the pie uh, and essentially swinging and missing. But so far, very early on, we'll see if it can be sustained. But you're getting big names <laughs> just saying, yep, later, PGA Tour. Screw you. Don't care. You know, it's it's pretty remarkable. It's I'm really curious to see, you know, how this plays out in both the short term and the long term. Including uh, Bryson DeChambeau's name was in the mix today. Rye, uh, Phil Mickelson, of course, is the name that everybody knows. But Dustin Johnson, Martin Keimer, yeah. Sergio Garcia. I mean, a lot of people don't remember Charles Schwartzel, but he did win the Masters, for God's sakes. Graham yeah. McDowell, Louis Oostazen, Patrick Reed. Yeah. I, mean, I that's the one thing, question guys, that, that could be the asked. Kevin Na's of the world are not going to move the needle. Kevin Na. No, hey, when that came out, well. said that Kevin Na resigned. Ah, but the right? point I'm making is, you can make a you can make a a case that there's no names big enough that will move the needle on either side unless Tiger Woods plays. Golf does not do very well in the ratings unless you're getting a Tiger Woods. So you can put 
I don't know, who could you put in this, in what side tour that's going to shift the ratings get so big to make one watch over the other? I don't know that, that it's really the case. I, th- I think that's fair. Uh, I, I have two questions for you guys. Part one, Tiger would never do this, right? Tiger Woods would never, but Correct. hypothetical. What would Why the not? number be? Why wouldn't he? Because he's already a billionaire in the league that he's well, in. Why? No, listen, I don't even think. Listen. I don't, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, MG. I know not everybody's a big wrestling fan, but in the wrestling world, this happened, right? They took Saudi money, and they had these jewel events over there. And Shawn Michaels, who hadn't wrestled in like 20 years and said he would never come out of retirement, and he was one of the few guys who refused to come out of retirement, he went over there and wrestled a match just because the money was so hard to turn. They must have paid him what, $10 million to wrestle one match? Because he is one of the few professional wrestlers who said, I retired and I'm never coming out of retirement. And he went over there and wrestled in a ridiculous match because the the money was so big. So let's not say... But there's only three athletes now that are worth a billion. Their net worth is a billion or above. Michael Jordan, I don't even think LeBron it's about James, the money. Tigers. That, that's my point, though, Ryan. I'm saying to Gil, yeah. he's saying this wrestler came out because the money was so good he couldn't turn it down. I'm saying there's no price that they could give Tiger Woods that he would <laughs> spit the tour's face okay. and not be a part of it. But he can still, but he's not golfing in any PGA events, really. He's golfing in the, the, the Masters, uh, the British Open. Yes. So he could still golf in them. If you're telling me if this live golf said, hey, Tiger, come over here and play, we'll give you. Uh, Forty, fifty million dollars to play in an event. I, I don't believe but the same reason that Jack Nicklaus said that he basically created and founded the PGA Tour, like helped start the tour back when it broke away from PGA professionals to the PGA Tour. Those are two different things. I think Tiger feels the same way. Now, mind you, Forbes just reported today, guys, that less than ten percent of Tiger Woods's net worth comes from earnings on the golf course. So that only strengthens my argument that he doesn't. It's not about the money. He's making so much money through Nike and TaylorMade and Gatorade, Monster Energy, and all these other places. That and his golf course design. He has a design company. He has a, a live events company. A, a venture TGR. Yeah, but Ventures, you can make the like, case to even say that would even strengthen the reason he would take the money because. He makes so little percentage of his money off of playing golf. What if I can up that percentage by doing something that I enjoy doing and make more money off of it? What do I need to play on this measly PGA Tour for $1.6 million for the Buick Open when I can go play around (laughs) in this other tour and get paid maybe $10 million for the weekend? Well, that's why people are leaving. I mean, I understand why people are leaving. But I also don't think when you're talking about Tiger, you're talking about a whole other category. Rory McIlroy is another name that has come out and said there's no way he's ever going to leave the PGA Tour. I just think that right now... Uh, it's, yeah, but Rory McIlroy is not bringing eyes to the TV. He's bringing my eyes to the TV, but he may not be bringing universal eyes to the TV. I get it. I think he's bringing eyes. I just think no one's bringing eyes in comparison to Tiger. The right. Tiger Nobody, effect. neither one of these tours has the player that's saying, I'm watching. If they were both on at the same time, are you picking one over the other? Uh, that's that's a good question. I, I think now the question is, yeah. on top of that one, does this help or hurt the sport of golf? 
I think it hurts think it a helps. little bit. I think it hurts it a little bit right now, to be honest mm. with you, because I, I think that a, a, a ship divided or a troop divided, I, I don't think. I think golf struggles enough for the coverage to get that it has to begin with. I, and now that you've got this infight, it, like Gail said earlier, Ryan, and this is true, I'm a huge golf nut. I can sit here safely right now and tell you I have no idea how I was supposed to watch live coverage this morning. It was on Facebook. It was on Peacock. YouTube. What was it on? YouTube. YouTube. Yep. Well, guess what? I watched zero of it because, you know, the same reason <laughs> that hockey is getting a, a bounce. Hockey back on ESPN is providing a nice bounce to the NHL, and I don't think the NHL realized it. You don't appreciate what you have till it's gone. The NHL is a great bounce now that they're back on ESPN. Well, this live tour, I don't think – how are you supposed to make a name? for yourself when when nobody could find you well a couple things on that one <laughs> the younger generations watching youtube Fine. okay so All they right. might be the ones that go to the and you asked if it's helping or hurting i'll go back to the wrestling when was wrestling at its biggest in the 90s when you had wcw fighting against wwe the monday night wars and they had to put out a product to try to upstage each other every single mm. monday night and you pick sides which one you were on based on the product that they put out there on monday nights were you a nwo fan were you a hulk hogan fan were you a sting fan or were you the rock or stone cold were you, which station were you watching are you a younger guy and say, I'm going to watch Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson, and it's on YouTube. I watch YouTube all the time. Or am I going to watch uh, some of these other guys that's on you know, CBS TV? And if you watch the broadcast of Live the other day, which I did, I thought they did a really good job. They added a lot of progressive things to the broadcast. And I'm used to watching events on YouTube. So to me, it's kind of easy to just launch it up put liv golf in and and there it was it looked you know so i think having it could start some sort of competition which could be a jolt for the sport you know i i think the way it would help the sport mg and pt is if the pga tour accepted this reality and worked with live but that would that would never happen so you know my answer may lean towards hurt because it, it could get ugly, and instead of figuring out how to capitalize on this on both ends, it's going to be like, no, well, we're the PGA Tour, you know, we're we're the we're the varsity, you're JV. Yeah, well, see, if they tried to work together, that kind of—I I mean, I see what you're saying, but don't you think having these two maybe trying to battle for supremacy, like, you know, the well, whole yeah, sort of in a wrestling style, like do tournaments, do things like that. Yeah, but you're saying you want them to work together as opposed to against, like, WCW against WWE. Yeah, I mean, they're not wrestling, so it can't be to that extreme. Well, like, you would have, like, for instance, right, it. like, a a event comes on, say, you know, the Live Tour started yesterday, right? The, the it did, and while you guys were talking, I was trying to find a leaderboard. And I'm struggling to find the leaderboard. I mean, I finally found it in two places. Now, it's London. I understand there's a time Is your difference. computer on, PT? Yeah. <laughs> I knew you guys would go for the easy <laughs> The low-hanging fruit. I didn't realize I was hosting the show with Billy Schwein oh today. Oh, my God. Yeah, you restarting it. To, oh, to love you is to love you. Well, like, if yes, you're watching an event going. and, like, yes. all of a sudden, like, uh, Rory McIlroy showed up and played, you know, it'd be like when that guy showed up on Monday Night Raw from the other. You're like, whoa, this is unbelievable. Right. Like, it could add some excitement to a game that, let's be honest, is a little stuffy sometimes. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, the PT seems to be completely against it. No, PT's I'm, old. I'm not against the live tour. <laughs> right. I just uh, I'm, I'm in a wait and see kind of mode. You know, Charles Schwartzel, by the way, shot 65-66 for nine under. Uh, Peter Uleans four under. Dustin Johnson one under. These are names you'd know. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen plus one. Now, what do you think about? I'm trying to find. There's where no. Is. There's no. Oh God, every, he shot a 75 today. Everybody so gets over. paid. If you make the cut or not, the golfer knows he's showing up to this event and he's getting paid and getting a huge paycheck. Whether he makes the cut or not, like on the PGA Tour. Now wait a minute. What about you? Don't this? get paid if you don't make the cut. What about this amateur, David Puig? He shot matching 74s. Does he get paid? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but he's an amateur. Yeah. Well, I don't know that kind of. Well, it's an L, maybe it's a NIL. I don't. Know. How about Andy Ogletree that shot eighty two seventy seven, and he's plus nineteen. It's, Does he get paid? It's my understanding that if you show up and play, and you are there, I don't know what the amateur, but yada yada, but that you don't have to make the cut to be paid. Huh. Mm-hmm. Everybody who shows up gets paid to, to play. So that's another thing: is these guys have to travel to these events and yada yada, and then if they don't make the cut, they don't get paid. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, but look, I, like McGarry said the first hour of the show, my issue with this live tour is is who's backing it and who they're who they're. Oh, sure. With. Well, that's you know that's the whole. Morally, that's where I start to have some problems. Right. That is where this thing gets a little dicey. Is that you know where the reason there's another tour is because there's a a situation where there's so much money available from this group that is allowing this to kind of go on because. You know, like the USFL tried to do this, guys. If the people out there listening remember, they were getting the best players from college. This isn't like the USFL now or the XFL that we've seen or the AAF that are just taking the the leftovers. They were getting Herschel Walker and Reggie White and Jim Kelly and Steve Young. They were paying them an outrageous amount of money to come there with the hopes that they could someday compete with the NFL. Now, it didn't end up happening. But I'm wondering if that's what Live Golf is eventually trying to do here, is saying we're taking the best players or we're getting the best players we can so that we can. Now, I don't think that Live cares if they play in the PGA Tour. They're not telling them that they can't play, right? It's the PGA Tour that says they can't Mm -hmm. play and came out with that once they hit their first tee balls in London. Uh, You guys know who Pat Perez is? Pat Perez? Yeah. A longtime PGA Tour guy. And he almost ran over me with his car once in the Omaha parking lot, but that's another story. This was his quote about the Live Tour. Uh, That's a true story, Ryan. I'll have to tell you that off the air. I don't doubt it. uh, Pat Perez said, I'm not... He was the guest that was on... Yeah, he was With on the Manning Joe cast. Buck yeah, Manning on the Buck cast. cast. Yes. Yeah, Pat Perez. I just think of Happy Gilmore. Yeah, the guy going on to the, yeah. with his car. But anyway. But Pat's 45, <laughs> you know, so he said, quote, I'm not saying this is about me. I'm talking about the top players. They have an incredible year, and they make $7 million on the course. That's an incredible year. You know how well you have to do to make $7 million on the golf course? My best year for Pat Perez, 2017. He won. He got to the Tour Championship. He made $4.3 million. That's like 300th in Major League Baseball, and he finished 15th in the final standings and his quote was look at some guys in the nba some of them don't even take their sweatpants off don't get into the game and they're making way more than the 4.3 million that i made and that's a good analogy and that's why the money despite where it's coming from i think is so attractive to these guys makes sense i mean if you're at a job where you don't feel that you're getting paid sufficiently for what you're worth 
and you have another alternative. You're certainly going right. to think about it, are you not? Mm-hmm. Especially if there's I, I a 20 or $30 million dollar signing will. bonus. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. 90% of the people will. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, I think a lot of people think where I work now, I'm getting paid. And I don't really, you know, most people are like not, you don't see these people who are like cheerleaders for their corporations, right? Like, it's like, I'm getting a check, I'm working, I'm doing my job. It's not like these people care about me. So why am I caring about them, right? Um, Now, you could say the people that you're getting paid from in this is a whole different situation. But I definitely think this uh, story is going to continue to be very interesting as it unfolds, as these events keep happening. Uh, We are live here at the LPGA, uh, which is in uh, our area this weekend at Seaview Marriott in Galloway. Sports Bash is live on location. We got NBA Finals tonight. We'll get some numbers on that. We got Phillies this weekend. We'll get some numbers on that. Bryce Harper going for home run number 99 and 100 possibly this weekend for Sports Bash coming up here on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now, back to Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN here at the ShopRite LPGA Classic. A lot of familiar faces we've seen walking by. If you're out here this weekend, make a point to stop over in the village over here, the little LPGA village. You can walk down. they got a lot of great places to stop and check out. A lot of great vendors. The Sports Bash Live on location, as we are each and every year. Uh, Mike Gill, Pete Thompson is with me for Happy Hour Friday. Ryan Rothstein is the host of the Philadelphia City Cast. Uh, you can download his podcast five days a week. So, uh, Ryan, let's talk about some of the numbers tonight. We've got a uh, very important game. I think if uh, Boston gets this, the series is probably over. We know they won game three pretty handily. The series has been so weird. But the Celtics, they win big, they lose. They win big, they lose. So is this the night they lose? What do the numbers say? I, if you if you go by the past month, it's probably the night they lose. But it's it's really tough to predict. I also think it's interesting the rare short rest between games three and four. Uh, two full days in between the the three previous games. You're, they're going to go back to two full days of rest after uh, game four, depending on how long it goes. Curry's now banged up a little bit. He said he's going to play. Uh, but I think that's an interesting factor. So because of that and because of how well they shot in uh, game three and just so far, the under uh, is my play. And that's what the sharp action uh, is saying as well. Professional betters, 68% of the sharp action of the total money coming in, going with the under for game four. Sharp actions also going with Boston on the money line, but they're going with Golden State plus the four. So it's sort of all over the board here for game four. Now, Wednesday, I think you gave out the Steph Curry over four and a half. That hit again uh, with this ankle problem. You stick it with it. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Three straight. uh, It's sort of my same mindset with the Phillies right now. You know, I'm just keep rolling over my profits, betting on the Phillies. I'm going to do the same with Curry and his over on uh, three-point field goals made. He has to have a huge night in game four. If this goes back 2-2, it's because Curry once again went bonkers. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that's tonight right here on 97.3 ESPN. We've got game four, four of the NBA months. series. <laughs> and we've got the hockey tomorrow night where the Rangers take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Real quick before we run, I don't know if you were listening in the first hour. So Pete Thompson met a guy at the bar who he didn't really know. He called him accidentally and asked him to go to the Coldplay show. The guy accepted the invitation. Once you figured out that you called the wrong guy, would you continue and go with that guy to the concert, or would you try to get out of it? The only thing worse than going to a Coldplay concert is going with a random stranger, I think. <laughs> we had a lovely time. It was a nice show. <laughs> Let's take our fandom of the band. Once. Let's take our fandom of the band out of it. Let's take and, and substitute <laughs> okay. whatever band. If you said, hey, you want to go to the show with me, and then realize, my God, I just called a guy that I just met at this at the bar two weeks ago. Once. Yeah, I met him once. Mike Carlin, by the way, Ryan, is the yeah. guy's name. And I thought I was calling Mike Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N. So. Right, yes, yeah. I, I, I heard that breakdown. Uh, it's concerning how long it took you. I, I, we'll get to that in a second, but I am calling him back regardless of how long it took me to realize. I'm saying, yo, dude, this is weird. Right? Like, do you realize we don't know each other? Because yeah. I do. We're, I'm sorry. You're we're not thick coming. as thieves now, man. We right. know each other real well now. Did we just become best Yo, friends? The yes. guy called Pete That's Thompson. Right. The guy called Pete and said, did he want to be his best man at his wedding? It's his third right. wedding, by the way. His third wedding. All right. Ryan Rothstein's Philadelphia CityCast. Download the app five days a week. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Have a good weekend. Sir, it was a pleasure to be on with you. Thanks, fellas. All right. Football at four is on the other side. Adam Kaplan with news and notes on the Eagles OTAs. He was there this week. What did he see? Find out. 97.3 ESPN presents the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with Adam Kaplan. I have real confidence that our football operations uh, can once again create a dominant football team. Powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's Football at Four. And Football at Four is powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. A new episode dropped on Thursday with Jeff Mosher and this man, Adam Kaplan from InsideTheBirds.com and the Inside the Birds podcast. He joins me now on this happy hour Friday where OTAs concluded the Eagles offseason program is now in the book. They had a short little practice on Wednesday. Adam was there with some observation, news, and notes. But I got to tell you, Adam, I got such tremendous feedback from our conversation the other day going down. Uh, how many people told me that they never knew a lot of the stuff that we were talking about? So that was a fun story that's gotten a lot of feedback here as uh, we wrap up OTAs. How are you on this Friday? Yeah, no, I, I'm well, thanks. No, I... Uh... It's funny because I didn't know, as I said, when we were doing that segment, that you were going to go in that direction. But I love that stuff. I, I love jogging the memory of the 17 year. Because there's so much happened that year. I happened to be at that game in L.A. when Wentz towards ACL. And then the great run and the craziness of Nick Foles' run, which came out of nowhere. And that joyride. And then, I, you know, as I, I think I might have told you, I believe I did, when, when, I, when we all flew back the night before the game because we – Andrew Brandt and I and Sean Landetta flew back, and that flight when there were only 10 of us on the flight and the craziness of the game, and you just, growing up in this market as I did, Mike, it, it's still something that I cannot believe that happened, 
and the way it happened. It's just you couldn't make that season up. And one other thing before we get to what we were going to talk to today, I don't know what you thought coming to the season. I texted someone right before the season who I exchanged notes with in the Eagles front office. He says, okay, what do you think of us this year? I said 9-7, and the guy said he'd take that. Think about that, Mike. Wow, that's uh, there's a little another little nugget uh, from Adam yeah. Kaplan there because right they had gone seven and nine the year before mm-hmm. with a rookie quarterback and hey if he develops and and gets us to two extra wins I guess that's good development we now know what happens but yeah. this team here what about the development of the quarterback uh, we know that Jalen Hurts and his mechanics uh, that was a big topic of conversation Nick Sirianni brought it up and you got a chance to see him up close and personal yeah now again. We have to make this really clear here because it, these and I, 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 I struggle to call them practices. The, the coaches will say it, that they're that they're practices because they're they're practicing because they're they're actually going. There is competition, but understand they do nothing more than seven on seven. And as one uh, Eagles observer said to me, "Gosh, these practices are even later than when Doug was here for seven on seven in OTA." So uh, there's no fly swatters. You know, you remember the fly swatters where. Chip yeah. Kelly had those big nylon nets where they'd hold them up and the quarterback should have to move and, and sort of bob and weave and throw the football. There's nothing even like that. There's no pass rush. But Jalen Hurts was really good in Wednesday's practice. He, he, he definitely was. Uh, he had t- two deep balls in a row, one with f- for about 50 yards, the second was 60. Uh, the 60-yarder had a little bit of a wobble on it to, I think, John Hightower. Mm-hmm. But both were long. Look, I know he was not under any duress, and it's an untimed down. He, he, he literally could take as long as he wanted, but it, he still hit them. And you could see Quez Watkins and that explosiveness. That's one area. It's their third receiver. He's going to line up a lot inside. And it's hard to find vertical slots like Watkins. That's a pretty good role for him, and he'll do that this season. Um, yeah, I, I, I like your point of, you know, it's untimed and, you know, there's no pass rush. But I guess, Adam, one question – uh, last year with with Jalen is can he push the ball down the field? Can he take shots down the field? Um, is that an area where he needed or needs to show improvement? It is. And Mike, the one time he did it was actually it's funny because as he was as he was completing the the first one, I go wait a minute that was very similar to the one where he hit Watkins for the the ninety one yarder whatever it was ninety two yard against the Niners where. He might have thrown it 50, 55, 60 yards in the air. Remember, he rolled out to his right, and he hit a bomb to Watkins on the dead run. Now, that one he rolled out. Look, that was in a real game against the Niners in, in Lincoln Financial Stadium where there was a pass rush. But when he, they had him roll out away, away from the pass rush, we got a clean look. Yeah, and, and answer your question here, yes, he needs to improve in that area. And now that you have, you have Quez Watkins, who will be certainly a big part of their, their passing game when, when they want to throw downfield, A.J. Brown, who, who, who basically makes his bread and butter on passes over the middle, 20, 25 yards, and, and running after the catch. You have, to be, you have to be able to do that. Those are not easy passes to hit. And obviously, Devontae Smith could run. We all know that. They did not use him in a lot of deep routes last year. I would expect that to change. Uh, so there's Jalen Hurts. We, uh, you know, obviously are all. Uh, he's the one big guy that needs to take a big jump here. We, yeah. we obviously think Miles Sanders is another guy. I think he's kind of flying under the radar a little bit here because AJ Brown. Everybody wants to see Smith in year number two. Hurts gets a lot of attention. How about the running back, Miles Sanders? Yeah, we, um, Mike Mosher and I were there Wednesday, and I said to him, I said I might be wrong about this, but he looks bigger physically. And I asked someone who would know, and said, yes, it is true. 
uh, on the lower body. He, he, you know, he's had soft tissue injuries, uh, a bunch of them. Uh, one year, we reported on Inside the Birds that he had both hamstring, both hamstrings had strains. That's that. Remember that offseason he didn't really practice. That was because of the hamstring strains. So yeah, he uh, he definitely needs to stay in shape. This is a big right. year for him. This is a contract year. This is his walk year. He, he's got to play well to have a chance to come back. And uh, I, I'm ex- I'm expecting to have a big year. And I know he didn't score last year, which is kind of ridiculous. But I'm expecting to be very active. It's not like he's in a big sharing situation. That the, though they. Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott are the backups. They're pretty good backups. But this is a monster year for Sanders. He knows it. Everybody knows it. And I expect him to have a good season. Yeah, uh, Sanders. And, and I know, I think it's Jeff might have mentioned this on Football at Four a couple of weeks ago. Like, you know, hey, this is a contract year. Do the Eagles use him more? Uh, do they, you know, just say, hey, let's just get the most out of him in that last contract year? As many running backs don't get that next contract. Yeah, I don't, they don't, teams don't really look at it that way. They, they do whatever it takes to win. There's no one as good as Boston Scott maybe in that backup role and Kenny Gainwell. We uh, we're gonna have some. We're, you know, we uh, by the way we're gonna do an entire off-season program review. We have a lot more information uh, off of our last show uh, for Monday, so we'll talk more. We're gonna take a giant overview of, of uh, what their offense looked like in the OTAs. But I could I could certainly tell you that Kenny Gainwell's a guy they really like a lot. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing with him last year, Mike, is yeah he had a decent amount of catches. Yeah. Where were the explosive plays with him? That that I'd like to see. Right, because he's a guy that that's what we you know had heard coming in. Speaking of explosive plays, we don't know if he's going to make the team, but he's a guy that can really run, and that's uh, Britton Covey, small yeah. guy. You just mentioned Watkins, you know, a guy who can run that deep type of pattern from the slot. Those guys are hard to find. Covey is a small guy, and he's a guy that we heard a lot about uh, from Wednesday's practice. Yeah, he is, Mike. You know, if you. I, I, we did get the, the Eagles PR staff gave us the rosters. I would have guessed five foot six. They list him as five eight. I'm not doubting it. He is really small. He looks like a little slot receiver who's also going to return punts. But for a guy as small as he is, he can get open. He 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 gets off. You know, he can get off the line a little bit. But again, folks, you, you can't you can't have physical play in OTAs. You're not allowed to. Or you can get fined if the if the players r- report it uh, to the NFLPA. So. Kobe is a kid that he's he's got a real shot here. I know it's early, but from what we understand, he's got a real shot. But here's the thing: the only true other slot they have is Greg Ward, and Greg Ward, we know he 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 calls a fair catch. His nickname is Fair Catch Ward on punt returns. Yeah. So they need someone who can move the ball on punts, and that that kid could do it. Yeah. The shame of it, the shame of it is, Mike, is that Jalen Rager. This is one of the roles he should have had, and he obviously has not been able to do it well enough. No, and you wonder if Kovey's a guy who could just make the team uh, as a specialist. Can he, and you know, as a receiver as well, but where his main role is return man? It's a good question because they got the kid, the track star, who uh, was not available for a little bit, uh, who, you know, who was really good in college, that uh, this is six years ago. They've got enough guys who can do it. See, that's the thing. They've got a lot of competition, Mike, for the punt and kickoff returner jobs. And there's look, there's there's some. I don't want to say there's pressure on the, the special team staff, but the coaches really have to get the special teams returns going. They, uh, the kid uh, Tyler Brown did a great job last year in getting Jake Elliott to improve. By gosh, did he improve? Now they got to they got to get Sipos, uh, the punter, going. He obviously was inconsistent, but you notice they did not bring another punter in for the offseason program. Yeah. 
Um, defensively, let's flip over there and, uh, you know, you take a look at that number three cornerback spot on the outside. We've got Bradbury, obviously, and Slay, uh, Slay who are going to be the starters. But if one of those guys uh, ended up getting hurt here, what are some of the guys, who are some of the guys they're looking at as that next guy? Yeah, so when you really look at it, the third outside spot is going to go to McPherson, the last Something happens where Jimmy Moreland, who they claimed off waiver from Houston, who's now in three teams in two years, whether it's Josiah Scott, who could play inside or outside, uh, they've got Carrie Vincent, who's there, and they've got Mac McCain. They've got the two rookies. They've got Mario Goodrich and Josh Job, who they're giving some good money to for undrafted free agents. They're all going to be there. They're all going to be there in training camp. Uh, and they, I, 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 in a way, you could say it's open. Clearly, uh, McPherson is the lead guy. I think that's that's obvious. But nothing would surprise me if someone beats him out. I know the Eagles like him a lot, but they gave a lot of money to these two undrafted kids. And uh, Job especially is, is pretty talented. Goodrich, the problem with him is he was injured the offseason. That's why he didn't get drafted, because he wasn't able to run. But uh, that, that job, I, just keep, that's one training camp battle. There are not a lot that are open. I'm going to call that job open, that third quarterback job, that outside job. Yeah, oh, I agree with you that uh, that's going to be uh, something to watch. And, and, you know, the starting secondary, they were out there, and uh, the fact that they have those two guys is nice. But, hey, an injury happens, and you're right back to where we were talking about the offseason. Who's going to be the other guy? That's what all these guys are going to be battling. And you just mentioned the long list of guys. But the starting group out there, Bradbury and Slay, you know, you're looking at uh, two guys that you hope don't go down. Yeah, well, it's funny because I was talking to Mosher about that earlier today. How in the world did they get so lucky that Nelson and Slade did not get hurt enough that they had to miss time? They got very lucky, and they cannot take that chance again. So to me, if they go through training camp and they're not happy, they're gonna, they would have to sign a veteran. I know they want to go with the young kids and see what kind of shakes out, but that third outside corner position, I know in, in, if the two starters are healthy, you're talking to guys who only get 10 or 15% play time. But, again, if somebody gets hurt, they've got a real issue. All right, uh, Adam Kaplan, football at four here on the Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN. Uh, we discussed this, uh, you know, about uh, last Friday when we were on, and we touched on it a little bit the other day, but Nick Sirianni spoke on Wednesday and was asked about not calling the plays. Uh, he, now, this is the first time he's been asked about it because Shane Steichen kind of let the cat out of the bag. He uh, elaborated on a bit, and then our old buddy John McMullen asked a question uh, to Sirianni about the play calling. What did uh, Nick Sirianni have to say about the role and how this is all going to work out with the the play calling? Yeah, you know what? I this is what I think, and and I just listened to him um, the other day on Wednesday after practice. I think what happened as a rookie head coach. They got off. Yes, they did great against Atlanta, but then they really struggled the first half. You know, he saw he saw what happening was what was happening on offense. They had to get Hurts really righted, and then the defense really struggled. And I think as a rookie head coach, there's a lot of pressure on you when things aren't going your way. And he, he knows that Steichen called the plays for roughly a season and a half of the Chargers, all of Justin Herbert's rookie season, and then when uh, when Steichen was with the Chargers in 2019. Ken Wisenhunt was fired, and he took over on an interim basis to call the plays, and he knows that Steichen's done it. And by the way, he did a really good job two years ago uh, with the Chargers in, in Herbert's first year. So Sirianni clearly felt that he can do it. And, and, and here's another nugget for you. You know, I, I was, I, I watched, One of the things I like to do is watch coaches coach at practice. Sirianni was going station to station to station, so was Kevin Petullo. 
his right-hand man. And that's because this staff, and one of the things we had heard with the staff is, I'm not saying the, the Doug Peterson staff wasn't into player development, but it seemed like they kind of lost that part of it, of their coaching. This staff, and one of the things I had heard from the Eagles front office was really impressed with, Sirianni made it a point to talk about player development in his interview in, uh, in uh, Florida you know, uh, in, uh, in January of, of 2021. And that, that really helped. Uh, I think that helped solidify get him that job because, Mike, the one criticism you saw, other than Josh Sweat and a couple other players, who was really developing from their former staff? Yeah. Um, you know, it's an it, it, interesting point you make is, you know, Sirianni, who, um, you know, basically, I, I'm looking at the, the transcript of the answer. Uh, he went in depth on this answer. Like, I don't know, did they want to, like, really, really explain why this has happened. I mean, do you agree that he really went into a, an elongated explanation of why they're doing this? Yeah, because I think what happened was he wanted to explain, A, why he did it, and B, how mm-hmm. he's still involved. And he is. He's very heavily involved in game planning. Yeah. Leading up to each game. But he doesn't want to micromanage Shane Steichen. You never want to do that. If you're going to let the call, guy call the plays, let him call the plays. Right. But you're going to be involved. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. He's an offensive coach. And he did call the plays, you know, as we, the thing is, we don't know exactly. I know that Steichen said around halfway last season, but we're on an odd, you know, we're on an odd number of games or 17. Was it week eight, nine, or 10? We don't know that. But it is interesting how starting week six, they started becoming a running team, which no one saw coming. And we, we Steichen, look, Steichen's a guy that you have to give him credit. He did a pretty good job considering what he had to work with last season. He's a guy, and we don't really, we, we haven't talked about this before because it just happened because Steichen admitted it last Friday. I would say Steichen's under a little bit of pressure because of the money they spent on A.J. Brown. And you, you've got Devontae Smith in the second year, and there's no more Zach Ertz now. It's, it's Dallas Goddard's job. And Jalen Hurts now in its first, second full offseason. Uh, it's a starter, and obviously the second year in the scheme. There, there's a lot on this offensive staff. To get things going here. Well, and I guess on the flip side of that is if he calls, you know, if they have a good offense this year, I guess he puts his self in position to get some interviews this offseason. Sure, sure. And one thing I, I think I'm going to mention this on his show on Tuesday. I know that he comes off as very boring, Shane Steichen, but someone who's coached with him before said that he's got great presence with the players and great command. And I was glad to hear that because. I have to tell you, and I don't really judge coaches by press conferences. I'm like, man, this guy's boring sometimes. He's just is very, very formulaic and very boring and mundane with his his responses to questions from the media. But I like that that behind the scenes he's very vocal, and that was good to hear. All right, uh, Adam Kaplan, football for before we run. I was having lunch today with my father uh, and Pete Thompson, and we were talking about. Uh, I guess there was a dick for meal spotting up at practice. Yes. Uh, the who's who's of uh, practice on Wednesday. It's, it's funny. I know numbers by heart. So I know, oh, hey, that's Frank Lemaster, number 55. I don't Google anything. I kind of know old Eagle numbers. And it was so cool because Frank Lemaster was part of that defense with John Bunning, number 95, for the Eagles Super Bowl team. They were really good. Uh, very, very underrated. Roy Nell Young, we could go through the whole thing one day. But they were so underrated. They, and Bill Berge, of course, number 66. They should have beaten the Raiders. Vermeer should have loosened the reins up. They were too tight, if you remember. If you're, I don't know if you're old enough to remember that Super Bowl, but I was. And I remember being so disappointed that they lost that game. And Dick Vermeer, what, what a story. He absolutely deserves the Hall of Fame. He should have got in years ago, by the way. Uh, just to, What he did, I'm old enough to remember when he came from UCLA. I remember being in elementary school, Mike, when he came here from UCLA. 
I follow, like being ten years old or nine years old, I followed college football then. Yeah. I just remember like how are they getting this guy? Like what is the connection? It's pretty incredible how, how he turned things around and how badly he wanted to beat Dallas. I absolutely love it back then. All right, Adam Kaplan, football four in the books for this happy hour Friday as uh, the Eagles OTAs are in the books. And don't forget, uh, next week we'll have more football at four on Thursday with Andrew. We'll take a look at the AFC South. Our division previews continue. We'll have more NFL news and notes, Eagles conversation uh, as throughout the offseason. Football at four never goes away. Neither does the Inside the Birds podcast. You can get the new edition on Monday morning, 6 a.m. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and the Inside the Birds platform. Jeff Mosher will be back. Adam, we'll talk to you next week, pal. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, there's Adam Kaplan here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. We're at the ShopRite LPGA. We're going to take an update on the uh, leaderboard and take a look at the tour. And, of course, uh, all weekend long they are here. Uh, There is a um, fantastic setup here again this year. The 18th uh, Skybox is where we will be... uh, enjoying tomorrow's action we'll uh, check in on the tournament and uh i think uh pete thompson uh will c- continue to chat so i want to ask uh, our next guest in the next segment about pete thompson's adventure and see if she would do the same thing all right stick around for that this is the sports bash live on 97.3 espn now three ESPN. All right, welcome back. Sports Bash is live at the ShopRite LPGA. Of course, uh, the Classic last year was here. We were here as well. We are back for this beautiful June weekend at the ShopRite LPGA Classic. Pete Thompson, give us a little uh, update here because um, we're going to talk to one of the golfers this weekend, uh, Megan Francella. She's got a great story. She's actually someone that we've kind of played with before. Maybe Pete Thompson? Sort of, sort of. Uh, yeah, the leaderboard, Stephanie, I'm just going to go first names because I'd butcher it. Okay, she's from Australia. She's six under. Frida is five under. Brooke Henderson, I can say that one, right? She's four under. Jin Young Ko, I know that name as well, four under. And then tied for fifth, our next guest, Megan Francella, who infamously, I just badgered relentlessly when we met her at Media Day, like, I didn't fully understand, okay? A lot of times they'll drive a pro around and they're showing him the course and then they say like, oh, we brought this pro to hit your shot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been in situations like that. You'll drive up on a tee and the pro's there and you all hit. That's generally so, the long ball guy. So, But I kind of thought like, <laughs> hey, this girl looks like a pro. I'm going to have her hit her approach shot. I am a pro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See? So the, it, it was accurate. But, yeah, I, I basically made you hit a so shot cold. I said, you know, we kind of played 16. with you. We played in the media day. Megan came around. She hit. So Pete Thompson told this story earlier about <laughs> how he met some random guy at a bar like two weeks ago, called the gentleman accidentally, thought it was a different guy with a similar name, invited him to a concert, realized he invited the wrong person to the concert, and went to the concert. So I said to you, don't be surprised if he asked you to go to a concert in the near future but uh this is a special tournament for you you're playing very well uh but being here at the ShopRite lpga this is something that is pretty special for you yeah i mean this was the closest event we had to home for me so um you know it was always kind of a home hometown thing and um you know i used to work down you know 20 minutes away from here at hidden creek golf club but for dormy network and i uh, had a lot of members from there today and then also you know now about an hour from here at philly cricket so um 
you know, had a lot of support from my Philly cricket family, students, uh, coworkers, and uh, a lot of friends here. So it's uh, it's been really fun to see everybody. Yeah, and if you can kind of give our listeners just a little insight on, you know, people, you guys are going to be on CBS in the final round, uh, and, you know, it seems like it's, it's a, a, like, hey, you're playing golf, you're traveling all over the place, just kind of like how someone like you grinds it out and kind of, is, hey, I'm playing in this place so close to home, but it's it's not as easy as it sounds sometimes. Yeah, I mean, especially now, I'm not really in tournament mode. I'm, uh, you know, I'm teaching full-time uh, eight to ten hours a day, and, really getting my practice in at about 6.30 in the morning for a couple hours before I start. So, um, yeah, I'm just really happy to be back competing and really happy to be inside the ropes again. Um, you know, I missed it a lot, um, but it's uh, it's just really, it's been so much fun um, this week so far. I mean, I've seen a lot of old friends and, um, you know, it's just been it's been really I, I can't tell you how much i'm how much i'm enjoying it which is definitely different from where i ended my career mm. so megan your story was highlighted through drive on i thought the lpga tour did a great job in spotlighting you on that and it's not just you as well but uh yeah mike you know i mean here's uh, we're speaking with an athlete who had been at the highest level i mean she went up against annika and won right you know i mean so that's pretty ballsy for lack of a better word right <laughs> thank you i don't know if i'm allowed to say you that on the say radio that. but fine. that's what i said so i mean she's got the cojones right but at the same time maybe i can't say that oh but God. uh here she is right uh returning to something that's her true passion with a whole different perspective and the reason i guess megan too uh tell me about denise francella and who she is mm -hmm. and maybe tell our listeners yeah. uh, why this week is even more special because of that drive on campaign and that story yeah well i'm going to start with only eagles fans probably talk like that so <laughs> you never hear a new york giants fan say that whoa 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 um anyway but yeah um my mom uh was diagnosed with breast cancer in october 2021 and um you know the lpga contacted me um after i qualified for kpmg and said we want to highlight you for our um, drive on campaign you know i've I played at the at a high level. I caddied. I left playing, and now I'm teaching. And um, they thought it would be a pretty cool story to to bring back, you know, my return as well. And then, you know, life changed a little bit. Um, my mom, you know, obviously is uh, one of the nicest women in the world. Anybody that knows her, and um, you know, it was just really hit us hard. So my story changed a little bit, and they included her in that, which was um, I was really grateful they told the story, and hopefully. You know, it touched a lot of people and, um, you know, it was it's just truly inspiring that she got through it and, and is here this week. And, you know, I'm really happy to, to be with her here and she's having a blast. It's like her Super Bowl. And if you were here at nine o'clock this morning on that first hole, you saw a whole bunch of fans uh, kind of I think there was uh, more than 60 fans uh, there waiting for you now. Yeah. A little different because I was here for the media day and when they announced your name. Like, and now stepping to the tee, Mike Gill, I, I was like, no way I could hit. I was, like, yeah. looking around, like, yeah. like to have all those people, like, you know, it must have been pretty cool. It was, yeah. My hand was shaking a little bit when I teed up the ball on one. But, um, you know, the main thing is, like, everybody here is here because they, they care about me and they, they care about me as a person, not as a golfer. Um, so I knew whatever happened today, it didn't change how they felt about me, which obviously was really nice. Um, I just wanted to play well for them, though. Uh, wanted to play well for myself too, but really knows how much did. I did. Yeah, and but it really means a lot to them too. I know, and being here and representing uh, Philly cricket and uh, the LPGA professionals, um, you know, as a teacher is just uh, it's really incredible. Now, real quick, you know, because you said your hands were shaking, I yeah. think that kind of 
give some insight. I always say I love coming here, and I'll sit at 18 and just watch. You see the precision of just how good the female athletes are at this game. And you're seeing your hands shaking. And mm-hmm. to be able to still play like that, like we're trying to focus, and it just shows the difference in how good you and your peers are. Yeah, um you know, I really just have a really good routine that I stuck to, and um, I just try to you really. Teach us? Yeah, I can teach you. That's what <laughs> I do me? in half my lessons, so I can teach you. Yeah, maybe not UP. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm. You know, I just tried to really stay focused and stay in my stay in my area and my zone, and didn't get, you know, too ahead of myself. And you know, obviously, I had a lot of a lot of people here, a lot of support. I just tried to stay under the ropes a little bit, and. You know, I remember Patty Sheehan said, just, you know, stay inside the ropes and stay under the ropes when I was my, a rookie on tour. So that's what I tried to do today. And just, um, you know, the nerves are there. It's because I care. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I just tried to embrace it. Looks like, uh, let me uh, geek out a little bit on your score here and your different holes, uh, get a little technical. Looks like you got hot like 9, 10, yeah. 11, you know. Uh, tell us a little bit about where the, uh, the peaks and maybe some of the valleys were in your round. Yeah, um, I started out. Uh, man, uh, one, I hit um, a little left off the tee in the left rough, and I hit a really good shot, and it went over the green. We couldn't even see the ball on my, my chip, and I uh, made a five-footer for par, so it just kind of settled me down a little bit and made a birdie on three, no no stress birdie, hit it wedge up there to 12 feet and made it, and then, um, you know, made a bogey, I think on, well, I can't remember what hole, six. Mm-hmm. Six made a bogey on six. <laughs> the recollection that anybody can remember what they do on any yeah. hole is always fascinating I, I, to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I actually hit a really good shot, and I kind of left it on the front of the green. But um, I just tried to stay patient, and I knew there were birdies out there. going to have some wedges in my hand. Yeah. So um, I hit a good wedge in a nine and made birdie there, and then hit a good wedge in a ten and made birdie there. And then 11's a really hard hole for me. I just have never played that hole well here. Um, I don't think I've ever hit the green there yeah. in the times that I've played here, and I hit it to 15 feet and made it. So I started walking in putts, and one of the girls I was playing with, you know, Christy Kerr usually walks in her putts, so <laughs> I was walking off 12, and she goes, nice putt, Christy, because I was walking <laughs> them in. So, right, right. Um, you know, it was really fun to be out there and just getting back, playing again. So, and... Uh, I do have to ask about yeah. 17 as oh, well, sure. because, uh, uh, first of all, uh, the, your other bogey was on 15, but uh, 16, you par, 17... You get a little surprise behind the green. Tell yeah. us, uh, not in between the ropes, but above the ropes. Yeah, in the grandstand, um, there were my uh, people there spelled out my name, oh, M E A G H A N, which you know my mom put every letter in there, but they were all standing there with white T-shirts on with my name spelled out, which was pretty cool. So, um, just nice to be, you know, recognized and um, just been a blast this week. This is, uh, you know, the the. Help the ShopRite LPGA Classic has been here, but we always, you know, seem to talk to people throughout the years about why they like it. The uniqueness of being right on the water and seeing over to Atlantic City. But uh, just if you can kind of tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what you like about this course and this event here. Well, obviously the sponsor is uh, phenomenal, ShopRite, and then Acer. I mean, they've just really dedicated. They're dedicated to women's golf, which, you know, as a female professional, you know, we're grateful for sponsors like that. Uh, the team at Outlier does a great job running the event. And, um, you know, the golf course is great. I mean, it's easy to walk. It's green and tea right there. Um, not super long, which is why I uh, I liked coming back here, especially this year. I'm at, you know, obviously I'm at a little out of practice. But, um, you know, easy to walk. And um, you put the ball in the center of the green, you have, a, you have a decent chance to make a putt. And I'm rolling it really well. 
The uh, for the listeners out there, you know, you said I'm not playing all the time. What is your daily? What what, <laughs> what are you doing like uh, that? Where uh, to keep yourself prepared for to do something like this every once in a while? Yeah, well, my my schedule is obviously different. Um, you know, a typical Tuesday for me is Breakfast Club at six thirty in the morning. I start teaching, and um, you know, I'll teach all day till four thirty or five thirty, and then practice maybe for a couple hours after next day. You know, I might start at 8. I get up and get to the course by 6.15 and practice for an hour and 45 minutes before my first lesson. Try to play nine holes here and there in the afternoon or in the morning. Um, really just tried to get on the golf course more um, because I knew I could hit the shots on the range and on the short game area. Um, but it was just a matter of seeing holes and hitting drives and you know, really seeing shapes and, and shots out there. And that's kind of what I did more of um, over the last couple weeks playing again after this tournament you have another one coming up i do so i go home next week teach tuesday wednesday thursday friday and um i leave sunday for kpmg and go play the kpmg women's pga championship which is just a major you know yeah. i mean it's just, it's just one I'm of the i'm teaching four biggest seven, women's to, seven to four every day next week <laughs> yeah. and then um practicing from four to six or four to seven billy or johnny with his slice you know the yeah. youth golf or i want to ask you about female youth golfers and i think the game has probably changed dramatically in the last 10 years i love what they do at augusta mm -hmm. and they're inviting uh, young female and male golfers down and to try and grow the game have you seen it change yeah for sure we have a huge pro junior program at philly cricket um i have a good junior player uh girl that i teach she just um you know and and it's just everybody takes their game really seriously there and and practice and and playing and events and um you know with the first tee and usga uh, girls golf it's um you, know, you just see a lot of girls getting out there and um it's really cool it's really nice to see i mean i started out like that and you know i always have a soft spot for junior girls and um you know obviously junior boys too but juniors in general is um you know like to see them you know kind of kind of go up now when you played in high school did you play on uh, there was a girls team yeah was... i went to an all girls oh, high school well then yeah, yeah that answers that so uh, <laughs> we had a we had a, a golf team there that i played on and um then i played in college so. okay all right well megan francella will be here all weekend i will be out here all weekend and Heck hopefully yeah. is uh Heck remaining yeah. in this stop spot or maybe even higher that on the leaderboard uh, so stop out and see her uh, tomorrow. Now, what time uh, where are you starting what time are you tee i'm at 210 off 10 tomorrow 210 off Hole 10. Now, if Pete Thompson isn't late picking me up, we will be there rooting you on. Love it. When you come through 18, we'll, uh, you'll know I'm there. Don't don't wear any Eagle stuff. What? No, that's my rule. Did you see the Rangers fan who punched the Lightning fan last no, night? No, and I, we don't talk about that. Okay. I mean, come on. Relax over there. <laughs> just what? Just, just making conversation, that's all. <laughs> he got arrested, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure uh, he did. Multiple assault counts. Oh, boy. He's a New Yorker. All right, uh, Sports Pass is live. Megan, thank you, and good luck with the rest thank of the you. tournament. Thanks for Great round me. today. Thank uh, you. We will be back with more Sports Pass here on 97.3 ESPN. Now, Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. All right, more Sports Bash here live at the ShopRite LPGA. That was uh, Megan Francella who told us some great stories. What a uh, week she's had so far on this Friday. She started off number five on the leaderboard, PG. Now, do you want to try the leaderboard again? Yeah, it's Stephanie Kirakow is leading from Australia. Good day, mate. She shot a six under 65. Frida Kinholt from Sweden. 
Five under 66. Brooke Henderson is easy, 67. That one I could say. Jin Young Ko, yep, I've heard of her, 67. And then Megan Francella, three under. She's in a tie for fifth with Lauren Hartledge and Sung Young Park. All right, Bill Hanson, oh, Christy who is the uh, coordinator for this whole event. You put this whole thing. You could have gone with Pete to the Coldplay show, you know. <laughs> I, I, I could have, and then I saw the date, and I knew uh, I was slightly busy. Immediately so. out. Yep. Burned well, he ended tickets. up going with a guy he didn't know. Ah, I mean, shame. he literally met the guy like two weeks ago it and called him by accident. It was a mistaken identity. <laughs> called him by accident and ended up going with him. Really? I, so I put, a, his face? I put a guy's <laughs> number in my phone that I met at a Summers Point establishment. Oh, okay. So I put it in my phone. I also I put his number in and name as Mike Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N. Well, okay. I work with a Mike Carlin on the weekends with Billy on 97.3. So I put his name in. So the morning of the concert, this is the morning of the show. I'm really getting to the nitty-gritty here. So I call Mike Carlin. He answers. I ask him if he wants to go to the show. We got club-level tickets. I know it's last minute, blah, blah, blah. He pauses and says, yeah, I'll go, sure. And then after, I said, well, what kind of car do you have? He says, a black Hyundai, because we're going to meet at the Farley, right? So he says, a black Hyundai. And I'm thinking to myself, I know Mike Carlin has a truck like this is weird. And then I, I texted him and said, why don't you give me the first and last name correct spelling so I can have you on my phone correctly? And he writes back, Mike Carland, C-A-R-L-A-N-D. <laughs> and that's where I'm like, I've just invited a complete stranger Did to go to the concert. Go? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Did he remember? Oh, he I could, mean, I would think you... He could be happier really to have a free you. ticket to go to the show, and yeah, why not? Awesome. You know? Pete's yeah. calling me. That's we we just talked for two seconds. Yeah. He's inviting me to a sold out Coldplay so, concert. I'm like, did you recognize him when you met him? Like, yeah, we got. It feels like when you met. What did you meet him on? Like Match.com. Like, hey, you want to go to? Only me. Only that would only happen to me. That, know? but is, yeah, we had a great time. Had a wonderful time. So there you go. So it could have been you. Could have been it, you. It, it could have been me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Could have been, been someone with my name, and it would have been a true. different. Now person. Jeremy says you've Bill been to Hinson. a million. Jeremy Bill tells me you've been to a million fish shows. I I have been to a few fish shows myself. Yeah, they're playing at the Man. I'm actually going to see them in Maine, and obviously, really. I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully, if I don't have to work, I'll see them in Atlantic City on the I beach again. I went to one fish show, I Me think. Too. I you don't think really you know. remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was inside Boardwalk Hall. and I was there. Let's just say I didn't know fog happened inside <laughs> the hall. It was a little foggy inside the I area. was at Waterloo Field. So was I. This was 20 years ago. I know. That yeah. was my first ever concert. Yeah. So, yeah. It was my first and only. I woke Small up and only. I went and saw 99 more. But yeah. You, you, well, I would go Did back. Did you also wake up the next day wondering what your name was, who you were, and Jeez. where the hell you were? Because that's how I felt. <laughs> All right, Bill Hansen's with us. Anywho. Both the shop right up, yeah, Jake. Good no, I mean, last, I, I was telling Jeremy, I said, I feel like I just saw you. We were here in October. You yeah. guys are back yep. to your regular date, and the crowds look like uh, they are embracing the return. Definitely. I mean, I, you know, after two years of being in October, it, it's nice to be back in June. You kind of remember hey, it's like the summer has kicked off. There's a lot more people down here. It's a great thing to do uh, today. You know, Friday's kind of a day off, and Saturday, Sunday, you know, we'll expect to have big crowds just because there's so many people down here now. Um, and not that not that our crowds weren't weren't great in, uh, in the fall, but it is nice to kind of be back in the summer. We kind of kick off the, you know, the summer uh, down here, and uh, it's fantastic. We're excited. 
Yeah, and it's funny because I remember doing this in October, and you know, this the, the the whole little village here and everything. The weather's so nice. You're like, you know, this isn't a bad weekend to do it. And then you're out here and you realize how much more excitable people are and how much bigger the crowds are, and that hey, maybe it does belong back on this weekend. Yeah, I, I like it's. We, you know, we call it a shore tradition, and the shore just kind of feels like the summer. So it's good to be back uh, in the summer. And I think our volunteers uh, and the people who certainly get here early. I mean, in October. We're here at like 5 a.m. It, yeah. it was frosty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was frosty. The volunteers were like, "Can we do winter jackets?" It, it was it was frosty, and now it's it's beautiful. You know. Yeah, and uh, obviously, you know, this has been what? How many years have you been here at this course? Uh, oh, gee. Um, since we we our company started running in 2010, so we've been back since 2010. But before that, I think '86 was the first year. Uh, a few of those were at Great Bay. Right. So outside of that, I think it's 30 something. Yeah, I remember years, being uh, a here. kid and the Go. parking at Great Bay, there would be cars right. all over the place. Like the place. And, and I, I drive by that place and I'm like, I, that was before my time logistically. Yeah. I'm like, how did they do that? Yeah. Here? But this seems to be like just, like, you don't. He showed me a parking lot somewhere with cars. That's the first time he's driven by the general parking over by the Galloway Municipal Building. So just trying to library. tell people, like, yeah. it, you know, it's very accessible to get here. And, you know, like, I told you, I have, like, a waiting list of people who are trying to come with us tomorrow. <laughs> like, literally, people texting me, like, hey, if somebody bails, I'm in. Like, it's just become such an event that, yeah. that a lot of locals, and I'm sure you see a lot of the same faces that come yeah. out about how great the this event is run. Yeah, and um, well, I appreciate that. And if and if you do need a couple extra tickets, I do know someone, uh, so you don't have you, you may uh, not have to turn anyone down. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's just a fantastic event. You know, we really, you know, we we love it. Uh, the fans, I think, you know, the fans come out. The fans love it. Um, you know, we we like. We hope that it's well run, and 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 I think uh, it's you know it's it's just a, a short tradition. It's good to be back, and we love it. So, and just excited. in case they're trying to watch on TV, the, the Golf Channel obviously is here again. But the fact that Sunday is going to be on CBS, then is the plan, Bill, for this to wrap up by 3 o'clock on Sunday? Yes. Fingers crossed. Fingers right? crossed. Normally you wouldn't have a split tee start you know, after the cut going oh, off right. at 7.30 in the morning. But we will, and that's just so we finish right at three o'clock. Go off air and have a trophy. Now this may be a dumb question. Do the are the announcers? I mean, Jim Nance isn't going to be here. But uh, Jim who, Nance and Nick Feldman will right, not right, not right. be. It's, I believe it's Kelly Tillman. Okay. Um. So she'll be here, and, right. and I, I don't I don't know who who else. But um. Yeah. It is. It won't be Nance, but it will it will be on CBS. So, yeah. Which, which is, is pretty. Awesome. Cool. I think it's the first time ever that this event will be broadcast on national television, which is which is just really cool. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously. Uh, the ShopRite LPGA is here all weekend long. Uh, what time do you guys tee off tomorrow? Tee off tomorrow again at 7.15. Right, so don't be late when you pick me up, dude. Okay, gotcha. And, and although hospitality structure is open at 10.30. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then Sunday, as I said, depending on the cut, it will be around like a 7.30, 7.45 a.m. start. So plenty of time for everybody to get out here this weekend and obviously check out. And we were just talking with Megan about when you get to see the ladies up close about how precise they are with their shots, you have such an appreciation of that's a professional that I'm watching. It's it's completely different. Like and and I think it's more more so the swings. Like the swings are so smooth and on tempo, and it's 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 remarkable. The really. best you know, like we sit in that 18th and we just watch them. 
you know, you're hitting f- their second shots where we're playing. That's like our fourth shot. Yeah, yeah. But it's just every shot is up and right on the green. And, and that every 18th hole, single Bill, time. Don't you think that 18th hole is really risk-reward? I mean, that, uh, yeah. that, that's the beauty of the 18th. Par 5, where are you in the tournament? Where Are, are you trying to go for it in two? Is the wind in your face? Is there a is hole the that you think is the, is the best hole to uh, be a spectator? Um... I think oh, I mean, if you're not it, sitting in one of these, you're not sitting. I was going to say 18. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, I, the par fives are good. Nine is nine's a good hole. Similar kind okay. of risk reward. You can hit it in two. Um, three is is another par five, easily reachable. A lot of eagles on that one. Cool. And 18. I mean, as said, 18. Where like eagle, and then you know with fescue and out of bounds. I mean, anything's in play. And I think last year was pretty amazing. Where I think it was like the number one and number three players in the world. Uh, all they needed was birdie to tie. And you just have to imagine, like, someone Somebody's, might win this outright yeah. with an eagle, yep. let alone, you know, someone's going to, this is going to be a playoff, and they both make par, and Celine wins. Um, it's just, a, it's a it's a crazy hole that anything can happen, and that, that was pretty shocking. It was, it was All weekend long here yep. at the ShopRite LPGA Classic at the Seaview here in Galway. Bill Hansen, always a pleasure. Thanks for and, having and us. And his again. daughter and his father. I want to acknowledge them. <laughs> What's your daughter's name again? My daughter's name is Stella. My dad's name is Harry. Stella and Harry joining us, too. Hello. <laughs> All right, we'll have the final hour of the Sports Bash coming up next year on 97.3 ESPN. And hopefully we'll see many of you out here tomorrow at the ShopRite LPGA Class. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Happy Hour Friday starts now here on the Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN. Happy Hour Friday, Pete Thompson. The PT is here. We are live at the ShopRite LPGA Classic. It was good to catch up with uh, Megan Francella. She is number five on the leaderboard all weekend long. The ShopRite LPGA Classic presented by Acer. If you get a chance to come on out. And by the way, it's free to come out. You get your ShopRite card, show the card. They let you walk the greens. And you can check it all out. PT and I will be here tomorrow. And uh, come up and say hello to us, all right? Uh, We'll be out here tomorrow. Use your ShopRite Price Plus card. Even if you don't have one, you can easily get one walking in. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of ways you can get in here. I'm going to put it to you this way. I've never seen anybody rejected entry or stopped from trying to come in to the ShopRite LPGA Classic. So uh, certainly, and uh, bring your bring your kids, too. It's uh, The one thing we didn't talk to Bill Hansen about, Mike Gill, is that not only are these the best female golfers in the world, I think they're some of the most accessible athletes as far as interacting. They have what they call Autograph Alley coming off of 18. Yeah. You know, right off of 18 green, they go and they'll sign their scorecard and do that. But then from there to basically get out of the cattle shoot, if you will. Uh, girls will line up, guys, fans will line up for autographs, and the players will take time to, you know, take a picture, take a selfie, sign a hat, sign a ball, you know, and, and that means the world, I think, to... Uh, to the young fans, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, no, it's a great, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great environment, and look, it, it's uh, it's an easy course to just kind of walk. And, and again, you'll say, "My God, I can't believe how precise some of these shots are that these ladies take." That's what 
keeps me coming back is to watch the best in the world do it right here in our own backyard. It's like saying, hey, I'm going to a Sixers game to watch the best basketball players. I'm going to watch the best golfers, and it happens to be right in our backyard. So come on out and see us uh, tomorrow. Uh, if you're still uh, hanging around until the top of the hour tonight, we'll be here live. We're right outside McGettigan's 19th hole uh, is where the broadcast is. All right, PT, we got the Phillies coming home tonight. They've been uh, in Milwaukee. They get a three-game sweep. When we last saw them uh, at home, they were beating the Angels, a three-game sweep there, there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this team is starting to really turn it on. Now, the question is, Pete Thompson. Yes, Mike. All right, we know Philly fans can be up and down and fickle. Are we ready to pour our heart and soul back into the 2022 Phillies? They're nine back in the East. Mm -hmm. They're two and a half back in the wild card race. So, has this team got you back? Well, I would argue that I never left because I was at Sunday's game with my dad. You know, I would say that I, I never had counted them out. But what I would say is that the way the schedule sets up right now, and we've talked about this, other than Mike McGarry talked about it in the first hour of the show, other than the Marlins, who seem to be their nemesis, they they have a very favorable ske- schedule coming up. Their schedule is very favorable coming up. And, I mean, I think they have a great chance to quote-unquote make hay. So, yeah. you know, when you sit there and you look, you've got uh, Kyle Gibson going tonight. Kyle's 3-2 and two with a 4-4 ERA. And then look at the way it sets up on the weekend, right? Uh, they have a chance to certainly go out and do something, I think, right now to uh, – basically Zach Wheeler tomorrow. How are you not going to, I'm sorry, Gil, I may not be the diehard baseball guy you are, but if you turn to me tomorrow and instead of saying, do you want to go in the 18th tent and be there in the 18th tent, and you said to me, do you want to go see Madison Bumgarner pitch against Zach Wheeler? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I want to go see that. And then Ranger Suarez is kind of the wild card because obviously he's not having the same year that he had last year. But well, put a bit, well think about this, Pete Thompson. Mm-hmm. I said this about two weeks ago, and I was you know, I never really left, but I didn't like say, oh, I think this team's going to be a World Series team, and I don't know that this team's a World Series team. But what I said was. I'm not counting them out just yet. I'm not judging them yet. And then my point was when they fired Girardi, I was saying I'm not blaming Girardi. Why was I not blaming Girardi? Well, is there a hot streak left in Schwarber? Is there a hot streak? I don't say left, but in there in Schwarber. Is there a hot streak in Castellanos? Is there a hot? Let me get to June, and I'll start judging the offensive players. Because this offense was put together to score a lot of runs and out-pitched, uh, out-hit their pitching mistakes, their bullpen. That hasn't happened. It hasn't happened until right about now. Well, subsequently, you've got your best pitching performances of the season going all at the same time as you're having your best hitting performances. And you that's have- when you want it all to come together. They, they've outscored their opponents 53-19, to 19, Mike Gill. I'm not good at math, but I can tell you that's a butt whooping. 53 to 19 in their seven wins in a row. Mm-hmm. So it, it is coming together. They even like, I, I ended up because I was in a situation to watch a lot of the game yesterday to see them basically send the reigning NL Cy Young winner, Corbin Burns, to like basically knock him out of the game and, and go on and win 8 well, 3 yesterday. I'm glad you brought that up. That's something that you can ask. Did the new manager. You know, the way they approached yesterday, they had him throw about 115 pitches in five innings before they finally knocked him out of the game. So was there a different approach at the plate from the Phillies and that, hey, we're going to work these counts, we're going to work these hitters. And you saw the Cy Young Award winner 
get knocked out of the game because his pitch count was so high. He couldn't stay. Even if he was pitching well and shut them down, he had 115 pitches, PT, in like the fifth inning. It's exactly what you want to see. You mentioned Schwarber a minute ago. Schwarber's 12 for his last 35 with three doubles, five home run, nine RBI in his last nine games. Pretty good. That's Schwarber's pretty good. Harper has five home runs, 13 RBI in the six games since Girardi was fired. Yeah. Well, I, I got a text message on that earlier from somebody. Not Schwarber? Uh, yeah, because there's a text message that comes in all the time. This guy doesn't like Schwarber. He says he's overrated. He stung. He was going to be a, uh, uh, you know, basically a bust for this team. He says, Mike, I'm not ready to admit I'm wrong about Schwarber. But I will admit I was wrong about Harper. Okay. When they signed him for $300 million, many people, including myself, said this guy is overrated. He strikes out too much. He doesn't hit for average, and he's not clutch and not worth the money. I was wrong. He's been great. He silenced the haters, and there were a lot of them. I mean, what? look at what McGarry said his first, because I think McGarry might have been in that camp. In the first hour, do you remember what Mike McGarry said? The thing about Harper is he's gotten better every year. Like, when do you see that? A lot of times you break the bank open to get some huge free agent name to come in and they have a great first year and then their production goes down not bryce harper he's gotten better every year he's been here and and you know there's some people out there gil that'll talk about like the manager switch i'm talking about billy the billy schwimes of the world oh a different manager must be doing something he's the first mlb manager rob thompson no relation to win his first six games since felipe alu when his first seven with the 03 giants the difference is that 03 giants team won over 100 games and Alou was taking over from a pennant-winning team. Dusty Baker had good talent. You put any stock that the Phillies are starting to play a bunch of teams that are losing records coming up, or is that something that you're not invested in? Oh, no, I'm putting a lot of stock in that, but but only when they, like, the, the qualification is, to me, it's always, like, Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and well, that's a problem that this team has exactly, had over the years. Exactly, that's they've been their Achilles heel when they, you know, they go to Florida, or they go somewhere, and they don't win against an inferior opponent. I'm sorry that the Nationals are a mess right now, right? Well, that's a team that you definitively have to get two out of three or three out of four every single time they're on the schedule. Now See, the Marlins right. is the other one that's coming up here, and I said this earlier in the year. Wow. I can't take you seriously until you start figuring out a way to get that bugaboo over. Yeah. Pass that bugaboo where the Marlins have your number. And back-to-back sweep, sweep of the Angels, sweep of the Brewers, that certainly has to give you to give you like a little bit of belief. Diamondbacks this weekend, Marlins Monday through Wednesday. Diamondbacks is interesting. Why, PT? Yeah. Because I said this the other day. There are five teams for three spots right now mm-hmm. in the in the wild card. The the Diamondbacks are the team directly below you. That's correct. If you can sweep them out, you can really push them out of this wild card mix and really make it, as I said, and I believe it will be, five teams for three spots. Philadelphia is now two and a half out of that wild card spot, and they are nine back of the what's that? Oh, after oh, tonight, he's a confident gentleman. Yes. <laughs> They're two back like as that. we as we're having this conversation now. They are two back. <laughs> they are nine back of the Mets. Now the Mets have a lot of injury issues right now, so yeah. you got that that playing a factor in here as well. And uh, like, look, so I told you the pitching matchups: Kyle Gibson tonight, right? Kyle uh, or Zach Wheeler tomorrow night, and Ranger Suarez. Two of the three of those names give me confidence even though kyle gibson only went about four to third the other day and mm. faltered 
two of those three, I feel pretty confident with. Well, here, and I told, uh, said this to Josh yesterday. I feel like the Phillies, all five guys give you a chance to win every single timeout. That's not normal for your start. Like, do I think Ranger Suarez is going to win every timeout? No. no. But he gives you a chance to win. He gives the team a chance to win generally. All five of the Phillies starters give you a chance to win. And if their offense can be what you thought it was going to be, the big question becomes their bullpen. And I think Rob Thompson no relation. is working the bullpen a little bit better than Girardi did. But I don't think that's why they're winning games, because let's be honest, they're winning games 10 nothing. You know, yeah, they're, they're the winning with offensive explosion. I agree with that. Although, did you see the defensive play that Eflin made in yesterday's game? It was like their, de- their whatever web gem of a game or their defensive play of the game. Fine. And it should have been. I mean, dude, you pitched this little number, like, to the left of the pitcher's mound. He goes, he fields the ball, and falling away – throws the runner out at first. Mm-hmm. It was like a fadeaway jumper or a fadeaway. It was like James Harden's step back three, but on a baseball field. And I was like, wow, that's an incredible play. Well, defensively, we know this team has a lot of problems. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not out here to say they're a bunch of gold covers. No, but sure. that being said, the defense hasn't been a problem. The bullpen hasn't been a problem over this seven-game win streak. Is Rob Thompson... No relation. Giving the bullpen more confidence because he's using them in better roles. Well, you know, we have Tommy Green on every Sunday uh, for our On the Mound segment. We Okay, I will let me write it down right now so I remember to ask Yeah, I'm watching something over yeah, here. Well, you know, oh, come sorry, on, man. You told me to write it down. Is Rob Thompson, what was the rest of the question? Is he, the way he's running this bullpen, giving his bullpen more confidence okay. because of the roles that he's put? In other words, you know, hey, I know now I'm pitching in this seventh inning. That's my spot. Or I'm, you know, we've seen more of Brogdon. We've seen. Um, and that was the point I was going to make is that Tommy Green comes from a time where, and, and when you see the most success, Tommy, I know, I don't even have to ask him, I know that he's going to pivot to. Bullpen people like established roles. You like to know what your role is in the bullpen. Fine. And I don't know that Joe Girardi, you know, he not only did he use a lot of different lineups because the Phillies don't still don't truly have a leadoff hitter, but he also, you know, he kind of mixed and matched in the bullpen a little bit. Um, hey, Corey Knable was up yesterday, but then the game changed, the score changed to the point that they didn't have to use him. Uh, I think Corey Knable has struggled at times, but uh, I still think that, both Rob Thompson and Joe Girardi feel like he's the clo- he's the best choice for closer. I think Sir Anthony Dominguez might ultimately have a choice. You know, they may have to go to him at some point, but if he's in the eighth and that's his best spot right now and you're using him there repeatedly, that works for me as well. Yeah, I'm not sitting here banging on the table for Knable to be replaced yeah. yet, yeah. but I will say it's on the radar. Yeah. All right? It's like the weatherman telling you it's going <laughs> to rain when you're not sure if it's going to rain, just yeah. because he sees something formulating out west, I'm going to wait till that formulated cloud hits my area before I make the change, okay? I'm not going to predict that it's going to start raining, but I'm telling you, I definitely noticed that the rain's on the radar somewhere out there. How about this? I just looked in the Phillies' notes. During this seven-game win streak, the club's bullpen is combined to post a 1.31 ERA yeah. while holding the 78 batters that they faced to a 151 average and a 424 Well, I OPS. think there's, there's two reasons here, Pete. And if you find any statistic to back this up, this is just me watching the games and what I'm noticing. Fine. You're seeing less of the bullpen. Why? Mm-hmm. 
pitchers are pitching deeper into games. I got Aaron Nola throwing eight innings the other night. I'm getting Ranger Suarez going into the seventh. I'm getting well-pitched games, which means I don't need to see Norwood. I don't need to see Nick Nelson. I love. Well, I know Nelson's come in and done a nice job when he doesn't have to pitch in the middle of an inning with two runners inherit it. Right, right. right. I don't have to see as much as Familia. I'm getting deeper pitch gains from my bullpen, and that's allowing my better bullpen pitches to pitch in the moments that they feel more comfortable in. In other words, my starter went to the seventh. I bring Dominguez in in the eighth. I get the Canable in the ninth. Now, Canable's not pitching all that well, I understand. But true, that is the formula, is how about better pitch games from your starters like it used to be instead of these starting pitchers handing the ball over to a terrible bullpen in the fifth? Get me to the seventh. So I've got your empirical statistical evidence here simply by looking up the play-by-play rundown of the different games in the seven-game streak. Fine. The first game, now remember, Joe Girardi was still the manager at this point, but Nola picked up the win when they beat the Giants 6-5. Then Zach Eflin picked up the win when they beat the Angels 10-0. Zach Wheeler picked up the win. There's starter, starter, starter. Canable had to pick up the win in the Sunday game that I went to, and it was scary. I was there. But uh, Canable was credited with that win when Stott had the walk-off, right? Brogdon was the first win in Milwaukee, Nola, and then Dominguez. So if I count out of the seven, one, two, three, four starters, Nola's picked up two wins. You know, Nola was that hard luck guy again this year, at least early in the year, where at one point you looked at Nola's numbers, and he hadn't won since the Oakland series to start the season, which was ridiculous because you couldn't figure out how could Nola not pick up a win. So for Nola to get wins in back-to-back starts, I think that bodes well for the future. Well, I think, you know, as much as I've been kind of down on Nola, not that I think he stinks, it's just, hey, he is profiling more as a number four or number five. He's starting to look more like a number two. Yeah, and I gotta—I mean, I gotta be honest. Like he had that one year where he was basically like Cy Young material, but that was like his one year. Twenty eighteen, and, and it was a contract year, if I'm not mistaken, too. Right? So didn't they break over the bank a little bit? And make no, sure no, they- no, 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 no. Well, he got a—he doesn't get paid all that much. I mean, he's got—he's not getting a minimum salary, but yeah. I, I don't think he's—he doesn't have some hundred million dollar deal. He's—he's he's on a man, and that's one of the reasons why his name comes up in trades a lot. Okay, is. Well, well, from, you know, uh, media types is because, well, here's a guy who's a good pitcher. He doesn't get paid all that much. That's true. I know and Josh I mean, might and Zach Wheeler got his contract. most of the money, too. But I don't right? think that Nola makes a whole – yeah, no, Wheeler gets paid a lot of money. Wheeler is definitely Five getting years, paid. $118 million. Yeah, he got paid to be an ace. Um, Nola did not make a huge uh, bank yet. I mean, because keep in mind – I remember having Nola on the show when he got drafted. I mean, he, he was drafted not so long ago out of LSU. He was the seventh pick, and he got right to the majors pretty quickly because he was a college pitcher. So the Phillies brought him up pretty quickly. So uh, he has not got to the point where he's making the real money yet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I, I know this. Like, um, I just think it, when you got to – don't you, 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 we talk about this all the time. You have to have three established, like, NBA stars to win a championship. Don't we have that discussion? Well, how many starters do you need to be able to, to win a baseball championship, in your mind? If you need three stars in the NBA to be a legitimate NBA champion team, that's my question to you is how many – you know, because, I mean, look, in a dream world – South is four million, by the way. Who's uh, – Nola's is four million. Well, that's reasonable. That's not – Go ahead. Continue. So I'm asking you how many starters you think you need to be able to be a legitimate 
World Series I champion contender. I think you need to be three deep in the starting rotation, and your bullpen has to be – you need to have a set bullpen. The biggest thing in baseball recently with these teams that are winning World Series is they hand the ball over in the sixth, and the guy comes in, fires – 98 miles an hour. Wait a second. You and Aaron Nola making $4 million. I have him making 15.5. Well, how, how are we on different charts here? I apologize for that, but I have his base salary at $15 million and a signing bonus of $500 million. Okay. Thank this you. says salary, $4 million. Oh, 2019, he made $4 million. I apologize. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, write the date down. <laughs> Sorry. I'm very excited. Uh, so, because... Because then I looked at Zach Eflin, and he's making $5.5 million, And I'm thinking, there's no way Aaron Nola's making less than Zach Eflin. But my question is still the still same. Still not all that much. No, it's not all that much. He it, signed a four-year, $45 million contract uh, in February of 2019. But he is the highest-paid pitcher on the staff. Uh, I would think Wheeler's. Well, why isn't Wheeler on this chart? Oh, like I said. Wheeler's the highest paid. <laughs> Booby traps. Yeah. Continue. Oh, that was fun. Continue. I'm just saying that I want to know how many starters you need, and you said three. Yeah, and well, you need. I think you need three in the playoffs because the the way the playoffs are set up, you know, you generally you have your three guys. You might go to a fourth guy, but I mean, I can't ask you to be the 2011 Phillies right. where you're coming with. Halliday, Lee, Hamels, and 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 Oswalt, like that's not general, t- generally very typical of teams. So, but Phillies with Wheeler, this version of Nola, Zach Eflin, and then Gibson and and Suarez. I think oh, you Suarez have, is a steal. He's seven hundred thirty thousand. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think even... you have you have a pitching rotation that, as I mentioned, it gives you a chance to win every time out. Now, your bullpen has been a huge problem. Yeah, your so bullpen... do you have an opinion on Familia? Yeah, I think he stinks. <laughs> do you know at the Coldplay concert the other night, I get a text from my buddy that says, Alvarado just had a 1-2-3 inning. So I'm listening to the concert, so I'm not really paying attention. So I write back, oh, that's great. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, Alvarado's down in the minor leagues. So I text back to the guy, I go, where are you watching Alvarado pitch? And he goes, I'm watching the Omaha Storm Chasers against the Lehigh Valley Underpants. <laughs> and then I said, oh, so Alvarado had one, two, three. He goes, yeah, he looked pretty dominant against Triple A. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks very dominant against professionals when he can throw strikes. Yeah, he's just too wild. He just cannot command his fastball at all. That's his biggest problem is he just does not command the fastball. That's the problem that I've had with him constantly is that Joe Girardi put way too much trust in a guy that you cannot trust to, to throw strikes. That's a, that's the problem I had uh, with the way Girardi constantly kept putting him in in big spots that he was not warranted to be in. He was not warranted to be in in those spots. And then you end up with a situation where he's walking guys. Mm-hmm. What's his whip, Alvarado? I mean, Alvarado's whip? He has to be like 188. Well, of course, it won't be in the Phillies notes now because he's down in the minor leagues. All right, well, I'm saying his whip was not very good, and to me, whip is a very good indication of whether you're a good pitcher or not, because if you're putting on 1.8 runners per inning on base, that means you're basically starting every inning with almost two guys on base. That's a hard way to pitch, Peter. 
It's a very difficult way to pitch, and certainly it was a big reason that any time Alvarado would come in the game, I would get frustrated. I mean, look, the, the you and I agree, I think, too. His whip was two. Yeah. Uh, like, Man, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, 188. <laughs> With that time where they used Nick Nelson, where they brought him in, that was, that was I think, a proverbial nail in Girardi's coffin. I think that set off uh, John Middleton, and he was like, enough's enough. This is not. Now, what do you make of Neris? His whip is zero seven nine. That's unbelievably outstanding. Yeah, but didn't he just get suspended for I'm a couple? I'm not of games asking or about his suspension. Like I'm asking you about how. Like, doesn't it frustrate? Like, Neris was a guy that got ripped by the fans all, all the, time, the time, constantly. He was very. He was not a closer. I get right. it. You can say he didn't belong being the closer, but he pitched outstanding in other roles. It would have been great if they could have figured out a way to keep him instead of Familia. And I think if you have Dominguez, well, right. Neris. Canable, Hand, mm-hmm. Brogdon. I like Hand. I like Brogdon. I like Sir Anthony Dominguez. You said Dominguez. So I, I look at it like this. Not, now, we're just talking arms, but I think overall in that day that Girardi got canned and yeah. the news started coming out, you that was to me a look-yourself-in-the-mirror moment that the organization, I think, needed to look themselves and realize that they just don't have enough talent and they're not developing talent and they just that that was their whole game plan you know Dabrowski went out and bought a bunch of bats you know and I was thrilled I was right in line with the parade uh with that picture in spring training where you saw Schwarber and Hoskins and Real Muto and Harper and Castellanos that five walking down the line and Clearwater down the left field line I was like this is going to be a murderer's row this is going to be amazing I had no idea that the bullpen issues would crop up again that Schwarber would go into this huge funk. You know, thank God it's June because June's hitting season, right? Charlie Manuel, it's hitting season. That's what Charlie says. It sure yeah. feels like it. Uh, by the way, Familia, 343 ERA, which isn't bad. The 143 whip, there's your problem. Yeah. You can't have a 143 whip in the bullpen. You're putting too many guys on base. Uh, <laughs> he's got 20 strikeouts in 21 innings, which means he's not having enough swing and misses either. So as a bullpen guy, Familia is... Not very uh, steady. Well, and he just he makes stupid mistakes too. He's the one that didn't go over and cover first in one of those games. Remember? Yep. Yeah, like that's the old that, proverbial brain toot. Yeah, I mean, I get <laughs> I get mad. I like the use of the word toot. I get mad when people. Uh, give extra outs on a baseball field. And, again, I, I'm not, uh, you know, who invented baseball? Abner Doubleday? Is there that you who go. invented it? Right? I'm not Abner Doubleday, okay? Uh, you know my baseball career. I stunk. But I've watched enough of the game to understand certain situations and certain positions that you're supposed to be in. And so, you know, when I see J2 Real Muto run from his catcher's position, down pass first, back up a play, and nail a guy at third base, because JT has a cannon for an arm, that to me is like, well, there shouldn't have been an error to start with, but I'm glad he threw the guy out. When I see Familiar forget to cover first, I'm screaming at my TV. Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. We are live at the ShopRite LPGA Classic. Uh, Sports Pass is brought to you by the Atlantic City Airport. Plan your summer vacation now. Spirit Airlines is offering nonstop flights from Atlantic City International Airport to Boston, Atlantic City, San Juan, Miami, and other exciting destinations. Visit Spirit.com. I'm Mike Gill. It's Happy Hour Friday. The PT's here. We're live at the ShopRite LPGA. You know, uh, my uh, episode three of my podcast, uh, the announcer schedules is out. Now, my partner on that, Phil Demont-Mollen, who is the oh yeah, basically the brand name behind announcer skeds, the Twitter handle. Okay, he did this research, PT, 
A grand total of 61 announcers were mentioned in episode three of the podcast. That's great. Are you going to mention Kel- Kelly Tillman in the next one? Now that we know that Kelly Tillman's going to be I'll have to bring CBS. that up. I'll have to bring that up. I will. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports going to talk a little NFL with us on the other side. Don't go away. He could have gone to the Coldplay concert with you, PT. Oh, I don't have his number. Give me his number. I'll add him to the list. He could be the 14th on the invite list next time. <laughs> you, should have, you should have invited Bobby Schwein. Oh, that would have been funny to get all the dirt on Billy. Just bypass Billy and ask Bobby. Ooh, that would have made Billy mad. Kerr <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the NFL mother. is coming up next. Now, Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. All right, we're live. It's Happy Hour Friday, Mike Gill. Pete Thompson, live on location. The All PT. four hours. Four hours of me. <laughs> Can you handle it? Hey, MG, uh, the scores are still coming in here at the Shopper at LPJ Classic. And you know we had Megan Francella on earlier, yep. right? At one point in her career, she was a caddy on the LPGA Tour. She caddied for Marina Alex. And Marina Alex is one of those late scores coming in. She has moved into a tie for third at four What a under. cool story. So, I mean, uh, the girl that she caddied for, they're back-to-back on the leaderboard. Marina Alex is minus four. Megan Francella minus three. Very cool. All right, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports covers the NFL. Check out uh, his work over at CBSSports.com where Jeff Kerr writes today that Nick Sirianni is seeing the evolution of his quarterback. And, Jeff, I guess that was one of the big uh, – or it's going to continue to be one of the big offseason stories as the Eagles transition from OTAs to training camp next. But where they are right now, do we think we've seen development from the Eagles quarterback? I think so. And it's kind of funny, Mike and Pete, you guys can relate to this. Usually when you practice something, you get better at it. (laughs) I don't know why some Eagles fans are so upset over their quarterback getting better. They already made a verdict on Jalen Hurts, and he's not even 24 years old yet. It's and, you know, Dallas Goddard's right. It's the throws are coming out quicker. I think last year the decision-making was a little bit slower because he was still kind of feeling the offense and the receivers weren't getting open. This year I don't think that's going to be an issue for him. So I worry about some of the depth on this football team, but I think the quarterback might be okay. Hey, uh, one of the stories, you know, oh, people like to – kind of criticize Hurts about is the deep ball. Uh, you know, he can't throw the ball down the field. You can't take shots down the field. And, of course, he had a couple of 40-plus uh, yard connections. Uh, is that something we should be excited about? Is that something that you think he needs to continue to work on? Is that something you think he will improve? I think he needs to continue to work on it, but I think it's going to help A.J. Brown's going to be back there, uh, you know, catch passes for him, the guy who has the most 40-yard um, touchdowns in the NFL since he entered the league and. 2019 next to Tyreek Hill. So I think that's going to help. But Jalen Hurts was like, I think of qualified passers. He was third to last or second to last. I can't remember. He was toward the bottom of the league and deep ball completion percentage passes over 20 yards. So, yes, he does need to get better at that. If he can get to the middle of the pack, that's already an improvement for me. Hey, uh, you also, you know, there's an interesting quote from Dallas Goddard that you have in your article over at CBS Sports, which is, he's seeing the game faster, which is really promising. And Goddard was another one who said the ball's coming out faster. You can notice the change in velocity. Um, I guess that's a very good starting point before training camp is that his weapons are noticing a change. 
I think so, yeah. And, you know, I wish we could have heard more from Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown on this. I, now, I did ask Devonta Smith a little bit on Saturday. How's he look? And he said, well, you know, he's Jalen Hurts. He's going to continue to work. He, I don't think Devonta Smith wanted to give her anything away. You know, he's very soft-spoken as it is. But Dallas Goddard is not. And, you know, you got to take word out of Dallas Goddard's mouth because he was one of Jalen Hurts' top targets last year. And he's going to get plenty of opportunities in the middle of the field. So Dallas Goddard seeing Jalen Hurts is – is reading the defense better, processing information better. That can only be a great thing for the Eagles. Jeff Kerr with us. Hey, Jeff, I wanted to ask you about uh, how you think A.J. Brown will make Devontae Smith better. Like sometimes when you're that number one guy in the spotlight, right or wrong, Devontae Smith had a lot of attention on him. I thought he did pretty good living up to the up to the hype. But now that you get a just a true stud in A.J. Brown, how do you think that impacts Devonta Smith? I think they're going to have two studs, Pete. Uh, if you want to be fair, Devonta Smith, I agree with you. I thought he had a great year last year. I thought that Denver Broncos game was one of his best games of the year, beating Patrick Sertan, who has number one cornerback written all over him. He was able to beat him on that touchdown pass, which, by the way, probably hurts his best throw of the year. But dealing with everything he had to deal with last year, outside of Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts had nobody but Devonta Smith to throw to. And I think teams had double Devonta Smith. I think Devonta Smith's big plays were limited because of that. He had to kind of stay home a little bit, couldn't go deep. I think we're going to see more deep completions to Devonta Smith this year. I think we're going to see more of a – I'm trying to think of a good comparison for Devonta Smith right now. It, it's hard after his rookie year. Uh, maybe we'll see a little bit more of a Tory Holden Devonta Smith this year. Whoa. Mm, that's a good comparison. I'd love to see that. Well, somebody has to somebody has to call those plays, Jeff. And that was another one I wanted to ask you about. Where this it kind of gets revealed that Steichen is gonna he was calling more of the plays down the stretch, and now he's gonna take over all the play calls. And what did you think when you heard that news and the basically the growth of the Eagles' offense? I was excited. Uh, I loved the way Shane Steichen calls the game, and I'll just go by what Justin Herbert told me. Last year, I've talked to Justin Herbert so many times now, but I think it was last year. And he was pretty much like, look, Shane Steichen was huge in helping me with my development as a quarterback. He he knows quarterbacks, and he said, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not putting other words in his mouth here, but basically Herbert said, look, Shane Steichen is going to get the most out of Jalen Hurts in that offense. And it's a shame because I was supposed to interview Justin Herbert today, and Chargers ended up having an OTA practice, so we had to delay that, but – I really wanted to get his thoughts on you know, Shane Steichen. This name dropper, by the way. Yeah. Hey, I was supposed to interview yeah, I was supposed to interview Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'm only 14th on Pete Thompson's list to go see. Uh, That's <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I want to brag about something here. Uh, that's uh, great. That's pretty good. All right, uh, <laughs> Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. Uh, hey, while I'll we're talking, I'll have to get your number. I'll move you up with the list. Jim. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> right on well, top well, of me when yeah. I was in at number 12. <laughs> Oh, so if I pass my gill, I think I'll be okay. There you go. You could be 11 on the list. I was 12. Hey, we're all higher than Schwein. We didn't even make the list, all right? <laughs> Jeff Kerr, all right. Uh, while we're talking quarterbacks, um, I know the OTAs are about ending for everybody, so I guess this next little lull phase of the offseason is here. What's your prediction for Baker Mayfield's and Jimmy Garoppolo's landing spots? Ooh, man, this is going to be. Oh, I still say Baker Mayfield's going to be a Carolina Panther when it's all said. Wow. There's no way this team is going into the season with Sam Darnold. And 
I would love to see Baker Mayfield week one against his former team. So bring me the chaos. I think Seattle would be a very good spot for Jimmy Garoppolo, honestly. I just don't think the San Francisco 49ers want to trade him there and make the Seahawks better. Mayfield to Carolina. Can we call Colin Thompson and get some inside information? Actually, not as big as a name drop as you, but I was supposed to talk to DJ Moore this week, and uh, we just couldn't. He has a stamp tomorrow. Yes, we were supposed to have him on to help with that, and uh, we just couldn't get our schedules on the same, you know, path. But um, all right, Mayfield to Carolina, Uh, Darnold. What do you do with that situation? I guess Uh, they drafted a quarterback too, did they not? They did. They have uh, Mac Rowan there. There you go. Which I have told Charlotte Radio a bunch of times. Just start Mac Corral and be done with the Sam Darnold era. <laughs> I'm pretty sure any of any of us can have a, as bad a stat line as Sam Darnold. Yeah. Well, do you envision Garoppolo getting moved? You said uh, Seattle, but do you think that is a possibility? I don't think that's a possibility, but I think Garoppolo does get moved. I think teams would love to see San Francisco just get rid of him. And yeah. I think he would be picked up in a matter of days. But, All right. I, I mean, one of my burning questions for the NFC West this offseason was, can the 49ers get, unload him by training camp? Which is a shame because I, I just don't think they need that. And it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo's a distraction. He's going to be a good soldier, but do you really need that for Trey Lance? I agree with you. Like having him there, I think just turns it into a circus. Yeah, Trey Lance struggles. Guess what? It's not like Jimmy Garoppolo was bad there. So, yeah, he's a good quarterback, and he's a lot better than people give him credit for. Well, and forget the numbers. I mean, his numbers aren't like eye popping, but the team's success with him as the starter, and I think Jeff, you can vouch for this. You know, he has the respect of that locker room. By the way, here's an interesting Jimmy Garoppolo stat. I know there are. I know the wins are a QB stack crowd. Don't want to hear this, but Jimmy Garoppolo has the second best road win percentage all time. Thoughts, BT? Mm. I didn't know that. I mean, look, Jimmy Garoppolo to me was always a one-dimensional guy, but he was in the right system and in the right place. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that he was a road no, warrior. That uh, number jumps out and uh, surprises me as well. All right, no surprise. Jeff Kerr brings it. He even was supposed to talk to Justin Herbert. We got in the way of that. No, uh, but uh, no, that, that was this morning, guys. This is my first day of vacation. You know, yes. I, I, now you're out next week. You're out next week, right? I am out all next week. I'll be in Vegas. I'll let you guys know how I get killed by PGA, by PGA, a PBA tour pro. PGA tour may not exist by the time I get back. All right. Well, enjoy uh, Vegas. We, uh, we live you. We love you. Yep. Oh, we live you. That's right. The live tour. We're at the LPGA tour down here in uh, Galloway. And, uh, of course, uh, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports. Go check out his article on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles OTAs over at CBSSports.com. All right. Enjoy your week off, man. Sounds great, guys. By the way, enjoy the ShopRite LPGA Classic. I heard that's a blast. Always wanted to get down there. We are here. We'll be here tomorrow. Next year. uh, Put it on the calendar already for next year. Yeah, this is usually when I take vacation. I I won't be going to Vegas next year. There you go. All right, man. Well, we'll see you next year right here at the ShopRite LPGA. See you, guys. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, covers the NFL. And uh, obviously – By the way, does he live close enough that he could have gone to the Coldplay concert?
Because uh, I legitimately will add him to the invite list for the next concert that I can't find anybody. Put it this to. way: I know he has season tickets to the Eagle, uh, to the uh, Sixers, and the Phillies. Okay. He was at the Sunday game. Very good. I was at the Sunday game. You were at the Sunday game. That's why I brought it Did up. Did he leave? I ran into John Russo at the Sunday game. Oh, I like John Russo. Did yeah. he leave? So. You know, did he stay till the end? I think so. Because I did. I stayed till the end. Just like I'm staying to the end of the show. Now we had people in our group trying to leave early. That's true. You can't leave early. You would have missed it. You would have missed a great moment. Nope. Harper's granny. I got something, though, that is walking. probably going to tick the PT off. Okay. I'm glad you saved it till the last segment. Yep. That's next. This is the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Now, back to... All right, PT, I told you before the break that I had something that will make you mad. (laughs) And I'm very trying to guess it throughout the break here as if Ah. I'm going to come over the head and just like, you know, lambaste you with something. I kind of feel like this is going to be like the Roadrunner and the Coyote, you know. You're going to hand me an, a box that says Acme on it. I'm going to open it up, and the thing's going to explode my face. Uh, yes, well. I've worked with you long enough to know that if you tell me something's coming and it's going to make me angry, I'm legitimately concerned. PT, I'm a very nice and caring person. I'm just giving you a heads up that the Cubs-Phillies game on July 22nd will air exclusively on Apple TV. Oh, yeah, I'm pissed. And then on Sunday... <laughs> You're right. I'm mad. At 12.05, Apple. the game will be available only on Peacock. So two of the three series. Peacock I can get. Two of the three series against the Cubs yeah. are going to be That's on streaming services uh, only. Yeah, Your that, thoughts, um, PT? I just don't understand how they're trying to grow the game when they make it harder and harder to find this stuff. Okay? Uh, I really I really don't. Um, look, not everybody has Apple, okay? I understand that it's a Coke and Pepsi world. No, I do not have Apple Plus. No, I do not have Apple TV. Yes, there was about a bajillion times I would see that promo for that thing called The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell and all these great actors and actresses. And I was like, oh, I want to, uh, like, or something was uh, during the pandemic, something came out with Tom Hanks. I'm like, oh, I want to, uh, you know, as soon as it comes out with Apple, I mean, I'm sorry. The Apple people are rude. Why don't you tell people that you don't have an Apple? Because you don't. You and I are both Android I say people, people. all the time I don't have an Apple. Yeah, I hate it. I mean, the, it, like it's like, oh, let me just FaceTime you. Sorry, I don't have Apple. You can't FaceTime me. And then they're annoyed. Like, why don't? Why can't I FaceTime you? Well, I have an Android phone. Ugh. You know, and they get all mad at you because, you know, to me, Gil, be a leader, not a follower. Right? I agree. If you're an Apple person, God bless you. I understand. You could go to, like, pick somewhere obscure. You could go to Nepal. You could be climbing Mount Everest. You could hand your phone to the Sherpa that doesn't speak any English and say, picture? And he'd know where to push the button because he probably has an Apple, too. I get it. That doesn't make it right. Oh, you got me fired up. Yeah, I told you. I get the PT pretty riled up. Yeah, so that Friday night game. So there's a Friday night game exclusively every week on Apple Plus. Have you watched anything on Peacock yet? Uh, I have not because I just don't have any need to. But I will say this. Apparently, the Apple Plus, the picture and the graphics are, like, really, really good. I, I would imagine that. I also know this. I get pissed off at anything that's a streaming service yet still has commercials. 
Like, if it's a streaming service, I think Hulu might be in this category, but at least there you can see a countdown. Peacock, when I've tried to watch things on Peacock Network, they're they're promoting anything on the NBC platform. So I don't need to see 18 commercials for This Is Us. I don't need to see another promo for Chicago Hope, Chicago Fire, and Chicago PD. I want to see the damn show. <laughs> like, I shouldn't have to watch that stuff. I, I, what about a baseball game? Oh, baseball games. I mean, like, uh, I don't understand. What am I supposed to do between the innings? Well, what do you normally do during the end? Play, watch a commercial. That's right. Or you look down at your phone, right? Or you're doing something well, else. And when they put the uh, ER commercial up, is ER still on? No, but I love that you referenced that. I couldn't tell you one network. <laughs> because uh, Anthony Edwards, who hey, played that's, Goose in Top Gun, is getting a resurgence. That's <laughs> entertainment. That's right. That's Pete my Thompson. Yeah. What, what are the network, like the best network, what are the hot network TV shows? Uh, well, first of all, nobody watches network TV anymore. I've learned that from the high school students. And the like, if you were still at TV Forty, what posters would be on the wall? This is us is, is one that just ended though, but this is us is a big one. Um, I think the blacklist is still on. They brought back Law and Order. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head of the of the shows that are out there. NCIS is still going. CBS and, uh, on CBS. Um, you know, there's a uh, there's something called uh, like some of these slot. shows. Some of these shows, you know? like, they're just never going to let them end because they need something to be on. Right. There has to be some sort of programming on. I, I got to tell what's you. On, like, what's on? What's on? Oh, The Bachelorette. Thursday the Bachelorette. night NBC, like when Seinfeld used to be oh, on. Oh, the must-see TV on yeah. NBC? I, I, Friends? I, no, I, they don't do comedies anymore. There's not a lot of comedies on at all anymore. There really aren't. Three's Company is on? <laughs> Come and knock on my door. <laughs> all right, that'll be it for Happy Hour Friday. We hope you enjoyed it. Anybody out there that wants to go to a concert with Pete Thompson, text in. Yeah. He'll take down your number. Mike you might Carlin. just get a phone call from him. So if you want to go to a concert, Pete Thompson is looking for someone to go. Come just one, text come in at 609-403-0973 and text in. I want to go to a concert with Pete Thompson, and he might just call you uh, if he is out of people to go. Uh, thanks, Mike. It was fun. It was a fun four hours. It was a fun and fast four hours. Have a great weekend, everybody. Josh has game night coming up next, and then game four of the NBA Finals.